Welcome back, lords and ladies. That might sound wonderful. To the latest episode of Type Tender Plastic. <laughs> the podcast for finding hobby friends. Is that what we say now? Yeah, and keeping them. And keeping them, yeah. We're, we're your virtual hobby friends. My name is Scott. I'm my co-host. John. And this is another episode of this thing where we talk at you for a long time <laughs> about plastic toy soldiers. <laughs> right. Yeah. Expensive plastic toy soldiers. Let's just get right into it. First item on the preamble ramble is why do I eat less and <laughs> more? <laughs> yeah, Scott, you obviously wrote that one down. So. <laughs> yeah. That's definitely part of my lore. Yeah. The whole <laughs> poop stuff. It's in my Wikipedia. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So John put that in there. Um, I don't know why. I don't know what it has to do with miniatures, but I'm intrigued to yeah. hear him link it up. All right. Yeah. There's there's very little to no connection to miniatures <laughs> with the story. Okay. So I got this new thing where I'm like, okay, I am at home all day, every day where I work from home. Mm-hmm. And it's so much easier to snacky snack all day long. Yeah. You know, so I'm like, I got to find a way to cut back in the snacky snacks. So I've got a new routine. When I'm not here eating tendies, okay, I don't eat breakfast. I just basically have never liked breakfast. You know, breakfast times like if there's a donut or a bagel, like I'm like all about that. But okay. I don't want just like regular breakfast. I just don't eat breakfast. Okay, hold on. Point of of clarity here. Do you not like breakfast food? I love breakfast food. Okay, so just the time. Yeah, okay. I had breakfast. Fair. I had breakfast breakfast for dinner last night for supper. Oh, nice. I made a spread. Nice. But yeah, I'm just not hungry in the mornings. So I'm doing something that's kind of intermittent fasting. So when I eat supper at night, I don't eat again until lunch the next day. Cool. And then at lunch, I have this shake that I have, which is pretty good. I got different flavors. It's a protein and like a super greens shake. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So it's like you're in the matrix and you're eating that like nutrient paste. Yeah. It tastes like um, tasty wheat. Okay. (laughs) How do you know what tasty wheat tastes like? I don't know. If you've never, if you've never really had it in the real world. Um, and then I have uh, a regular dinner. Okay. So other than that one meal, all I'm doing is drinking like one glass worth of stuff. And I poop more. What's okay. Is there a lot of fiber in the shake? I mean, I don't, th- there's some, there's like four grams of fiber, but that's not like an obscene amount. And it's not like it's a, like a water faucet coming up my beehole, right? <laughs> and I like I'm, I'm peeing out my butt. It's like regular poops. So this has been going on for about two weeks, okay? And I don't understand where it's all coming from. Okay. We're going to need to get Penny, guys Penny, on the line here and be like, Dr. Penny, what's going on with my body? Is she like a gastroenterologist? I don't know. I just assume all doctors know everything about the human body. Yeah. Tell me about my poop shoot. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe it's just just a backlog of so many like... (laughs) Tendies and fries that have been wedged in there. You got them loaded up. Yeah, and I just need to cl- keep cleansing. No, I'm not a doctor, but I don't think the body works that way. Oh, it doesn't? No. But, you know, I don't know a lot. Maybe it does. <laughs> you know, there's there could be some stuff in there that just needs to clear up. So anyway, <laughs> I instead of going to a trained medical professional for this conversation to figure it out, I will just share it. With all the sprues and spruettes. And they can diagnose this in the comments. Oh, diagnose you. Yes. Nothing wrong with me. My yeah. poops are great. Uh, <laughs> They're perfect. <laughs> yeah. Solid, not too firm, not too soft, right color. Anyways, moving on. Uh, this is basically the preamble ramble today is John's confessional to you. Yeah. Uh, John got some additional Secret Santa gifts uh, from his Secret Santa. Yeah. 
we have our mini painting uh Secret Santa swap, which a lot of the Sprudes and Spruettes joined in on. Nice. And uh, I got a second package. Apparently, the the packages were supposed to come together. And he sent me a nice little note here that I'm not going to read to all you. But it does say out here, thank you for all your content. Sorry about your loss, which would have been he probably watched the Remus video mm. recently. And um, in the letter, he notes that he found out it was me after the first package got here and uh so he wrote a nice note about the podcast and and about our channel so that was really nice and then he sent me some more things and he included a usb drive oh and that's dangerous right right and so i'm gonna put it into my work computer <laughs> that's the right spot for it yeah yeah that to explain that one to work um but he says it's a bunch of 3D printing files he thinks that I will enjoy. Oh, that's really cool. Because he knows I have a 3D printer now. Sorry, so that's nice. And he also sent me uh, a Castlevania coloring book. Yes. And even more exciting, a Castlevania Lords of Shadow art book. And this, Scotty was looking at this as we were setting up. Yeah. This is so cool. Art books are awesome. Art books are awesome. And I must have put, because I was explaining, I forgot what I wrote down in my list you know, for the mini swap where people can get ideas to get you stuff. I must have put something down. Most have put. I must have. I wish to put it down that I like Castlevania because I like all things vampires. Yes. Castlevania is one of like my my starting point as a young lad. Yes. Of being exposed to vampires. And so there's some amazing like scenery stuff in here in the book of like just great environments that we can beg, borrow, and steal from for our mm. miniature basing and dioramas. There's great art of the monsters and all sorts of moody lighting and yes, stuff. that's fantastic. So this was cool. So if you have something that you're excited about, an IP outside of even the, um, the miniature painting world, I implore you to do a little digging and see if there's any art books on that. So if you, like Scott, are a big Animal Crossing person... <laughs> You can get the art of Animal Crossing and use that to inspire your miniature painting product. Absolutely. <laughs> Funny story about Animal Crossing. My wife isn't a video game player. Like, she never understood it. Uh, and we got a Switch right at the beginning of the coronavirus, like, before we even knew that was going to be a thing. So we got really lucky because I think it went out of stock after that. Oh, yeah. Everyone's stocking up. Yeah, on consoles. And then uh, I, later, I bought her Animal Crossing to play. Which is basically an RPG. Uh, you're collecting things. You're getting achievements. You're like, you know, making a farm of yeah. lambs and yeah. You're not like leveling up. It's not like talent tree and stuff like that. But she turned into a full fledged gamer with that oh, game. Like she was like, she was like, I need to do this thing today because like it can only happen today, and I need to make my money today. And it's like you sound like a WoW player talking about daily quests right now. <laughs> I need to go get my dailies done. Exactly. I yeah. got to do go run my farm route to collect all my essences and yeah. come back. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. Other Chinese farmers in Animal Crossing. <laughs> <laughs> Funny story. I actually hired a Chinese farmer to level up a second warrior that I was playing because I had already had a max level undead warrior and I was like, I don't want to do this again, but I want an alliance warrior. So I just paid someone to level it up for me. You ever done that before? No, I haven't. Felt a little dirty, but I was like, whatever. 
Yeah, I mean, did you like send him a Christmas card that year or something? <laughs> yeah, like, paid thanks for becoming my friend. <laughs> I just paid Chinese people to be my friend. Yeah, yeah, that's how it works. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, Black Friday <laughs> confessional. I assume this 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 is mostly like, what did we buy on Black Friday? Yeah. Did you buy anything on Black Friday? I mean, I re-upped. I had my classic annual fight with Adobe about why I deserve to have the Black Friday special, even though I've been a customer for like seven years. You need to get like. A, a, like a, like a guy it's always the same guy it's like hey i'm calling up stan it's again. me again hey stan it's, it's it's scott yeah i need that sweet sweet deal i know you said last year was the last year but <laughs> i forgot <laughs> right. but it's been a whole nother year for you to change your mind stan yeah so i, I kind of got him cornered a little bit because i keep saying you gave it to me last year you can't not give it to me this year <laughs> And they always fall for it. <laughs> um, so yeah, Stan's not listening. Right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I got Adobe the annual sub. Uh, I think that's it, though. That's it. You didn't buy any stuff for yourself. Uh, no. I think I don't know. Like, there's a good sale on Miniature Market. That's always a good one. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of miniatures. I don't know if I need any more. Mm. I should have bought a static grass applicator. I should have looked for that. You should have. I didn't. I, I just got a new uh, micro mark, whatever catalog. In oh, the mail. I should have brought that. Yes. Probably could get a good deal. Okay. I'll send you, you a get? picture of, of their gratis stack applicators. Gratis stack applicator. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I spent a lot of money. <laughs> on camera gear or hobby stuff? No, it's just hobby stuff. Okay. I mean, I have my list of camera gear stuff that I want to get, but it's, that's kind of like a. I'm going to get, for all the sprues and spruettes, Scott has this sweet, like, ceiling rig. Like, he's in a, like, a, a big fancy studio. But it's there. like a tiny one. It's, yeah, like it's a tiny, tiny studio. One. But he's a tiny studio. It's a tiny one. It's very nice for cables. Yeah. Yeah. And to get your, I mean, to keep your lighting where you want it and not have to move it all the time. Yeah. Because I'm already sick of, like, <laughs> I'm going to move over my microphone thing on the stand and move over my light thing and move over my dampifier. Your dampifier? <laughs> So I want to get the ceiling rig stuff, but if I want to do that, then I need lights, and I need lights, I need more mounts, and I need more mounts, then I also want to have an extra camera. If I have an extra camera, then I also want extra fill lights. And if I want, and so I'm suddenly like, okay, this is like $25,000. <laughs> um, and so it's like, if I buy one thing, I've then committed to myself to buy all the things. Yes and no. Like, if you bought one of these lights, you wouldn't have to do the ceiling rig thing. You could just get a stand for it, which I realize you don't like the idea of stands. But that's like a beginning step. Sure. That's where I started. Yeah. I should get a nice metal C stand anyway. Yeah, yeah. They're super nice. Yeah. But where I would have it is above my painting area because I want to use it as a painting light. Um, And it's like over my desk. Like, I can't have a stand permanently there for a painting light. Mm -hmm. And also have it be able to rotate so that I could rotate it towards me from a different angle for, Mm -hmm. like, talking headshots and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. We're just going to talk shop here the rest of the episode. More talking shop. uh, You can actually buy. So, like, the way these things plug into stuff is with something called a baby pin. Just pick a a metal pin, and it goes in, you screw something into it, and it gets stuck there. Uh, they sell wall plates with a baby pin on them. So if you didn't want a whole oh. ceiling rig, you just get a little plate, screw it into a joist, pin, easy. Nice. Stuck up there. Nice. Okay, let me look at that. Mm. But I just, I like the idea of scaffolding and using it like monkey bars. Yes. I mean, I'm just going to have a whole like American Ninja Warrior thing <laughs> yes. down there. Hanging from the ceiling. Um, so what did I buy? Um, every year on Black Friday... Kingdom Death reopens its oh. Kickstarter. Oh my! Oh, this is the thing again. Yeah, 
And so I spent like six hundred dollars. Bruh, how hey, did I you didn't, fall for it? I didn't spend the fifteen hundred dollars I almost was gonna get to get everything. What are you even buying? I don't even know. Like don't you have everything already? I have everything that's out. I don't have oh, everything so that's new not stuff. out. Yeah. Okay, okay. These are um these are like different waves. They're like wave three, wave wave three B and wave four. And the only way you could get those was if you initially kickstarted the game like four years ago. <laughs> so they, they open it up for 24 hours for you if you never kickstarted it to jump in and get these things. 24 hours? Yeah. Yeah. It was a mad dash. Okay. Yeah. Speaking of mad dashes, maybe that's something we talk about in the... No, we'll talk about it now because it's buying stuff. Yesterday, the um, Chimera paint sets came on sale. Ah. Uh. And their website just crashed. Okay. And so everyone in their Facebook group was like, Rah! <laughs> which I felt bad. I felt bad initially. I'm like, Is it, you know, that's a good thing, right? And they're like, don't worry. We've got plenty of sets. We've got 500 sets. And I was like, well, that's not a lot. Yeah. 500 of each one. And so they eventually took the website down. But I got my order in before they took the site down. So nice. I got both of them. And then they said, well, don't worry. We still have at least a couple hundred sets left. So I'm like, wait, 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 wait. So your website crashed with like 200 nerds on it at the same time? Like, what is running that server that is so in a unable to handle like 200 people maybe it's if they're all trying to check out at the same time maybe it's someone maybe they're running their server on their their site on some friend server that's just hosted locally at their house or something like that yeah 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 who would do that like a certain person that i know yeah who would do that dude i don't have any issues from my teespring account i I sold t-shirts no one crashed that so that's not hosted on that server it's a redirect (laughs) account scott (laughs) it has nothing to do with what's hosted that that it's a redirect it still counts okay (laughs) okay (laughs) I also bought um, a buttload of contrast paints, like most of them. Why? Because when we talk about what we painted, I had a revelation, and I got a little antsy in the pantsy, (laughs) and uh, I found a site that through uh, Black Friday was doing their traditional discount for GW products plus an additional 10%. Okay. So it ended up being 25% off. And that's, you know, GW is like Apple or like Nintendo or like you just can't get discounts on stuff. Yeah. They yeah. don't put stuff on sale. Right. So I'm like, I'm just going to do it. And it was going to cost me like $7 shipping anyway. So I bought like 15, 20 contrast paints. Okay. Um, so we'll talk about why I did that. Okay. Shortly. And yeah. that ends the preamble ramble. Sure. For what it's worth, all of these things, like I have a ton of fucking paint and it, there is no reason to have all this paint other than the fact that I have a YouTube channel and I plan to compare them at certain points in the future. If I was a regular painter, I would not buy the amount of stuff that I have, which I realize is very easy to say for my position, but I just want to be clear because there are times where I'll say like, you don't need to buy things to be a good painter. And that's hundred percent true. Um, and I just want to clarify that right now. Yeah. We have, we have disposable incomes and stuff like that. So we can buy this stuff, but you don't need to. Yeah, there's there's always, and I think most of us feel this way. Like there's always the the itch of something that will make it easier. And I don't mean easier in a negative term. That will make 
my process easier to achieve the results I'm trying to. Yeah. And the tools can help with that, and they certainly can. But the tools you have can also work to get that higher quality or improve your painting too. Sure, so. yeah. And you might buy something thinking that it's going to help and it might not help or it might help in a less significant way than you hoped for. That's probably the majority of the time, right. honestly, is that... Yeah, and anything, even if it's just a different paint brand, there is a learning curve to it and how it acts and in how much you have to thin it and mm -hmm. how it reacts to maybe other additives or just water or um, how the base coats look, how thick the paint is. What kind of medium does it use? Like there's a lot of variables involved. And so to think that any given new product straight out of the package is just going to simply work better. Everything has to be given time. Yeah. And you got to put in some hours with it. And it may work better for you or it may, you know, we may realize that actually the thing that I thought that GW Rhinox hide that I thought wasn't that great is actually really good. So it's a learning thing. Okay. Yeah. Cool. All right. I don't know what we have painted. When'd you paint him, Scotty boy? I think last time I showed you a red cap that I started, and I finished the red cap. Ooh. Um, in black and white. Don't you just making me scared that every time a finger gets close to that little spindly sword, oh, you're God. just gonna snap the thing off. Yeah, it's it's got a bend to it. That's a good thing. Yeah, I was on the fence about straightening it. I straightened it a little bit, but. The fact that it's kind of bendy and janky kind of just adds to this dude's character. Yeah. It's a kind of like a useless rapier. <laughs> yeah. It, I mean, it, it plays into who he is. Yeah. You know, I like it because it's not just your typical, there's a straight sword and then it's just got a, like a curve to it. It's yeah. actually got multiple curves going <laughs> on at different angles. I didn't add those in. That was just there. <laughs> That's intended. Yeah. Uh, um, and it may be, or it may just be that this looks cooler without it. Okay, so you're going with the black and white paint job here. Yes, I am. I've never done that before. To me, this kind of thing seems like a gimmick. It's like, why waste time painting something black and white? That seems like... I never liked things that were like solely an exercise and not like fun, you know? Yeah. I guess I'm still painting a model. I'm not, not like painting spheres on a sheet or some <laughs> shit like that, you know? It's not truly like an exercise. Painting spoons? Exactly, painting spoons or something like that, or like exploring 3D shapes. Oh, Jesus Christ, the sexy goggles are coming out. Yeah, we're going to talk about these in the after party. Yeah, yeah. But for now, I'm going to take a deep dive on this <laughs> little boy. Okay. John's busted out his magnif magnifying lenses to analyze my paint job. But yeah, so I painted a model entirely in black and white. There'll be a video on the channel very soon about this. Basically, the idea being that color is oftentimes a crutch, but also not a crutch, but just so it's it, color is, it helps us to forget about all the other forms of artistic expression that we as miniature painters have. And in this video, I explore two things specifically. That is the texture of various objects that you can get across with your paint and also the finish of various objects, certain things that are less reflective or more reflective. And so uh, I try to explore that sans color without it at all. Um, and kind of like forcing yourself to not use color makes you think about all other things that much more. So my hope is that going forth in future paint jobs that I will uh, think about texture and finish more, even when using color. As I'm looking at this, man, I don't even want to know what it looks like fucking zoomed in. Jesus Christ. <laughs> 
like a psychopath. <laughs> um, I'm going to have you try these on later. I'm going to explain something to you about them. But, okay, looking at this, I realize how hard this is to do. Like, not even having gone through the process myself. Yeah. But you have to think about every single object in so many layers. And what I mean by that is you have to consider what color it would be and that would determine how bright based on its hue how bright it would be in a black and white scale you have to consider what the surface is made out of yeah how that reflects light you have to consider the distance it is from your light source which his knees aren't as bright as his hat yeah yeah you have to i mean you have to consider so much and in texture too you in i mean this doesn't look like it's just a simple airbrush at black zenithal at white and then add a little bit of texture there was some more stuff that needed to be done here yeah honestly the the zenithal undercoat that i did was largely useless it mostly got painted over uh the parts that i'm pretty proud of i like his shoulders specifically his uh left shoulder because uh, the hot max highlight isn't on the top of the shoulder. Mm. It's like rotated down to that specular highlight area. Then there's yeah. a shadow. And then right below that shadow, there's the, there's an environment reflection. Uh, you can see it on the front of the model, not, not so much the back. But there's like a little bit of highlight right at the bottom of that shoulder muscle. Then a shadow, then then the main specular highlight. Um, stuff like that. That was like really fun to do. Also on the nose, the highlight on the bridge of the nose isn't on the top of that big old bump. It's like kind of lower down. I got little specular highlights in his eyes and things like that to make him look glossy. Yeah, the the bright little dot um, on the eyes is so important. Yeah. You, uh, you got it. You hit it. Thanks, man. And it's way all up ends, too. It's like... Oh, God. It was so hard to get in there. cavern in there with yeah. a whole bunch of... Like two layers of eyelids <laughs> and like saggy flesh and yeah. stuff. Yeah, that's actually an, a scenario where having a paintbrush that doesn't have so many bristles on it is helpful so you can get it into something or in between something sometimes. Yeah, you're really threading a needle with that. Yeah, that's a great expression for it. Yeah, you're threading a needle. I, I really like that his beard. To me, I see it. I'm like, that's either a, it's either a really dark gray or black beard or like a dark brown beard. Yeah. yeah. I can tell the color of it, even though there's no color there. I'm glad. Yeah. So it's cool. His fucking feet just freaked me out. So gigantic. And they're so weird. They're they're like, they're like his feet are covered in sacks and he's got this (laughs) twine that's wrapped around it to keep it on there. Yeah, dude. Who needs shoelaces when you can tie seven individual laces on each foot? Yeah. He never takes his shoes off. It's way too much work. Dude's like two foot, like, I don't know, two foot, six inches, but his feet are like size 14. Yeah. <laughs> uh, how good are those plants, by the way? We're going to probably order another set pretty soon. I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm fresh out. I think I have one left. It's a big one. I, I decided that I'm going to keep two unused. One, one of the big ones and one of that size because they work so well in taking shots of stuff where you can put oh, the yeah. mini on it. Yeah, yeah. And it raises it up a bit. So if you have it either on a table or on something else, you can get it that out of the shot and nice. still have that kind of fade away, but it looks fancy. So yeah. I'm going to do that. So we're going to have to make another order here soon. Yeah. Okay. That's what, all I did. What oh, did that, that's all you did, huh? That's all I, I did. did. I, I painted stuff for fun. 
Oh. Yeah. Not for videos this this fortnight. And I'm glad that I did because I didn't actually end up painting anything in the last two weeks for videos. Because um, if you remember a few episodes ago, I talked about having to paint the giant dragon while I was painting a kill team squad in the same week to get it out to my collaborators so they can record a game with it has that happened yes okay so did you share it anywhere um the the video is not out yet oh okay okay Okay, the video will it will be out by the time y'all are listening to this um it will have been out last friday um but then i had to do i did two videos so the last two weeks i've been editing and collaborating and getting some sweet uh sound from them for the my video and uh, I'm really happy with how this is going. But I, because of that, I, I didn't have anything to paint. Like I was like, I got two videos to do. I got two weeks to get them out. I'm still not super efficient, but I'm getting quicker. And this is an all new kind of approach to how I'm, I'm creating a video. Because one of them is a video on their channel, but it's me. Like talking head footage of you. Yeah, it's I'm doing a quick um, like tutorial video on five quick tips to get your your minis from the tabletop level to a little bit higher sure okay and so it's john but it's their channel so i have to kind of like it's a gaming channel they probably don't know me so i need to be primo john in five (laughs) minutes or less You, and gotta, not like, you gotta super, sell yourself. Yeah, and not super weird, John. <laughs> like, because they watch this video and they go over to my channel and be like, who the fuck is this uh, guy? Daryl. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry about Daryl. Um, and so this was, it was interesting because I had to kind of put myself in a different mindset and how I approach it, but still be true to me. So that was, that was been fun. Anyway, I decided I still, I, I still needed to scratch the itch of painting. After I go a couple days without painting something, I just feel like, I feel like my superpowers are lessening if they're not being used. Oh, you have superpowers. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Painting superpowers. Oh, okay, yeah. And if you don't use it, you lose it, right? And there's some, not in a superpower way, but there is some truth to consistently, you know, being active in your your practice to not kind of lessen your skills. If you've ever gone a couple weeks or a couple months or longer without painting and you get back to it, you realize that, even like the the basic hand eye coordination stuff, it, it kind of fades a little bit in understanding how paint works and all that. Mm. You know, the more years that you have into it, I feel like that fading is less. Maybe, yeah. Um, but I just wanted to keep up to snuff. And so I painted the four starting survivors of Kingdom Death. And this gets into why I bought the um the contrast paint. So I I did a new method where I Use the airbrush to get all the starting colors um, and the two light sources. So they're all holding lanterns. They're supposed to be in the dark. Mm-hmm. And so I have just a faint desaturated blue glow from a from a back and above. And then forward and below is the light from the lantern. So I didn't do a black and white sketch on them. I I painted them all in like a like a armor brown or like a deep reddish brown, very dark, deep reddish brown. And then I built up with layers of orange, almost up to pure white from the direction of the lantern. Yeah. So that warm colors are coming on there. And then from back and above, I painted cool colors. I started with like a, a really 
deep purpley blue. I think I used an indigo ink there. So the there the shadows go from the warmer shadow to a cooler shadow to start with. And then I built up a desaturated almost like to like a Phenerisian gray kind of color. And after that was all done, I then because they have a bunch of different surfaces in a different, like they've got skin, they've got cloth, they have the metal and the lantern, they've got their hair that are different colors, whatever. I then went over with contrast paint with the true color that that surface would be regardless of the light. So if it was in a cool, like a neutral light setting, the blonde hair would be blonde. Right. Now, because I have all this atmospheric light already put down first in contrast paint is so transparent you can get a hint that it is still that that color, but it still fades into the atmospheric light. So it's kind of like working it in reverse where you paint everything the color you want it to be, and then you influence it with other colors from the, from the surrounding. Mm-hmm. I kind of did it in reverse, and it worked so slick. Nice. Yeah. And then you can just go in with one or two highlights with uh, acrylic paint, to kind of bring out those highlights. Okay. Um, and then the final thing I did was a um, uh, an orange, like a fiery orange ink, very thin down through the airbrush um, from the direction where the light was coming. So then all those acrylic highlights that I did, like on the muscles on the chest and stuff, now are smoothly into the rest of the, the body because of the orange light. So Okay, question for you. Yeah. Does this method have legs for like high quality competitive painting or is it exclusively for uh zero to forty percent ball sack effort? Sure. Um I think the the final quality looks like about a seventy five percent ball sack. But the actual effort was more like a forty percent ball sack. You get a thirty-five percent ball sack return on investment. God damn! With this method, and I've got ways that I want to tweak it um, because I do want to do a video on this. And, and full disclosure, this isn't something that's like, oh, I just came up with in a closet somewhere by myself. Like I'm definitely influenced by people like <laughs> not just Mika, yeah, yeah, and 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 big old Deno. Like the th- kinds of ideas behind and the techniques that they use made me think of how I could kind of interpret that myself. Dude, I love imagining you sitting in a dark closet, just thinking of technique. <laughs> yeah. You're just like, Oh, I can do this. <laughs> and it's like your wife opens the closet and she's like, honey, <laughs> what are you doing? Don't bother me. I'm thinking. <laughs> <laughs> The light burns. <laughs> That's uh, cool. Yeah. Of course, you can use contrast paints on competitive entries. There's a million ways you can apply a contrast paint. I don't mean to imply you can't yeah. do that. What? Why I really like this and where I think it has legs um, for a, a, a competitive level or like really boosting your, your painting is that because it's very transparent paint um, and you're not just limited if you want to do multiple coats to increase the intensity of the contrast paint, but because it's transparent or translucent or trans something, it, it allows other tones to come show through. <laughs> so you have depth of color and that's the biggest thing that it really, for the amount of ball sack used, the amount of ball sack gained. You, you gain, gain balls. You gain balls. I got two and a half balls now. Yeah, yeah, right. It, that little baby one's growing, <laughs> right in the center, dude. Right in the center. I am the Triforce. <laughs> it's like a Nurgle thing now. <laughs> um, because typically, when you're trying to paint quickly, um, you you're gonna want 
to not have a bunch of of variation and in, in depth of color because that just means more layers, more additional coats, and then that's time adding up quickly. But here, um, you can do that quickly and add more depth, um, depth of flavor, mm. mm-hmm. a little seasoning, a little little spiciness. So that's what I painted. That's what you painted. That's what we all painted. Speaking of models, as we tend to do on this manager focused podcast uh today's episode is brought to us by a brand that makes miniatures huh huh it's funny how that worked out yeah so so scott you know just off the top of your head what are your thoughts on orcs something you're doing (laughs) yeah that sounds about right (laughs) today's video is sponsored by broken anvil a miniature company that is on the rise with some sick ass resin models Mm. john and i have both had the pleasure of working with chris and broken anvil miniatures on both of our respective channels and i guess they wanted to go for the hat trick why not zug zug (laughs) chris and his team of resin wizards have put together this amazing orc for us to paint and oogle over Mm. halgrath battleborn comes in at a healthy 42 millimeter heroic scale Basically, Broken Anvil stared GW in the eye in their game of scale creep chicken and said, Bet you can't do this. Why are you poking me? (laughs) (laughs) So this nice big scale allows you to take your time and really boost up these wonderful details and crispy edges all over this model. Or... Because it's so nice and big, you can use it as a big old orc for your gaming needs and slap paint on it and get it done quickly. But I hear you asking, what game might I use such a figure for? Good question, viewer. Uh, Broken Anvil is coming out with a game that their fantasy line of miniatures supports. And this model is something of a limited edition release. When the full game comes out, this model will have a version available, but it won't be this one. So if you like this design, get it while it's hot. Dustingoman. Where me enemies be hiding? <laughs> In addition to this beefy orc, Broken Anvil has a Kickstarter on the horizon called Dungeon Delvers. Set to release on December 23rd. This will be a full range of 32 millimeter models that you can use for all your amazing gaming and role-playing needs. Linked in the show notes, you'll find Halgrath Battleborn if you're interested in picking them up for the holiday season. Also down there is their Instagram account that you can follow to get updates about the Kickstarter. Thank you for supporting the podcast, Broken Anvil Miniatures. Job's done. So John was driving down here, and we didn't know what topic to do for a podcast. And then I remembered about all the kids, all the kids. <laughs> I was also driving up here, not down here. Yeah, I always forget. Um, so in my Discord server of like you know my personal hometown friends, uh, probably this entire year, probably you know earlier in the year, tier lists were a huge thing for various things: your favorite sports people, your favorite characters in video games, your favorite animes. <coughs> <laughs> Stuff like that. There's a break in that word, anime. <laughs> yeah. And uh, a yeah, hard time getting that out. Uh, and so I thought, I, you know, I did a little search on the Tier Maker site for miniature war games. And there wasn't one. And I was a little bit confused because I thought that this is a shoe-in. So I thought that me and John could rank miniature war games, uh, A, B, C, D, and then N, A for we haven't played it yet, not applicable and we could discuss our rankings because I don't think they're the same. I think they're different, and I'm sure there'll be much shouting and gnashing of teeth. Yeah, for sure. 
and also it's linked in the show notes for you to do as well. And the way this works is if you organize it and then hit the save, I th- believe save slash download button, it'll uh, upload your results to this survey. And then we can kind of see how the, the sprudes and spruettes kind of what they prefer, what they like in their miniature war games. So how should we, should we start off with the games that we haven't played and then go up from there? Yeah. Okay. And so, like, if you have one and I have played it, I'll say, I'll get back to that. Okay. Okay. Now, we should probably also have a couple of caveats here. I love caveats. Honestly, I love caveats. (laughs) (laughs) The first caveat is, you may be saying, well, isn't this just like your opinion, man? And I'd be like, most of the times in this situation, yes, that would be the case. Uh However, Uh our opinion is, in fact, fact. (laughs) In this situation. This is not a caveat. This is the opposite of a caveat. Well, the caveat is there is no caveat. This is getting us into more danger. (laughs) Right. Well, earlier in this episode, off camera, we decided to lean into something. Oh. I decided we're going to continue the lean. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm going to prove to all of you that my opinion is the best opinion. (laughs) (laughs) Caveat the second. (laughs) Technically caveat the first because the first caveat wasn't caveat. Yeah. Is how we are deciding how we're ranking them. Now, you could just say, well, how good you think the game is. That's what I did. I also have an additional kind of subset of why I think the game is exciting to me. Okay. And that would be how cool the models are. Model. Okay. So I didn't consider that. Right? Because yeah. if a game is amazing, but it uses derpy little green army men... I don't want to play that game. That's fine. I think it's up to you how you want to rank it. I'm just telling you why I'm ranking it and why my ranking's right. Yeah. The, okay. it, why it's factual and correct. Right. The other kind of subset for me, too, why something could, maybe I gave it a C and in a different realm it would be a B or an A, would be, and this is a tough one, is how popular it is. Because a game I can have fun with, but if I can't play it, it like falls down the ladder for me. I might still buy it. I almost certainly will still buy it. I may have a, an army for it or a, a little team for it. But if I don't get to play the game or I feel like there's not a big crowd here, it just is like, Meh. that sucks. Be the change you want to see in the world, John. Yeah. Make that gaming group. Also, you made this tier list while pooping at my house, as he does every fucking time. You thought a lot about this when you were in there for however many minutes. I was just like, I like this one. I don't like that one. Uh, I didn't really think that hard. Yeah, you actually said that out loud. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's kind of a weird... That's kind of how I talk when the cameras stop rolling. <laughs> I like this one. All right, starting off with games that we don't play or we haven't played. I, I'm going to assume there's a few that we both haven't played. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I believe neither of us have played Hordes and War Machine. Correct. Okay. Neither of us have played Batman miniature game. Correct. Kings of War. Correct. Uh, Blood Bowl. I have played Blood Bowl. Okay. I, I have played Blood Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't played that. I haven't played Battletech. I have not played Battletech. Necromunda. I have not played Necromunda. X-Wing. I have not played X-Wing. And I know you've played this one. Star Wars Legion. I've played Star Wars Legion. Okay. All right. Additional ones I haven't played. Okay. I haven't played more time. Oh, neither have I. I played like the... PC game, but not the model one. I don't think that counts. I know it doesn't. I haven't played Middle Earth Strategy Battle Game. I have. And why would they name it Strategy Battle Game? Why don't they just call it Middle Earth with little toys? 
Maybe it's like an IP thing. You can't just call something Middle Earth. Mm-hmm. That sucks. And I think... Uh, <laughs> Did you say Middle Earth with toys? <laughs> yeah. Because that name sucks. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> but it's funny. <laughs> and then the last one I have not played is Warhammer Fantasy. Ooh. Crimes Against Humanity. Yeah. I played it. Yeah. Well, if they bring it back in 2032... You won't play it. Um, I'll... I'll play it just enough to shit on it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So those are the games we haven't played. There are many left. Because um, I, I put 22 games in here. And I, I uh, tried to get the ones... Like, there are so many miniature war games. It's insane. Um, I tried to do the ones that are kind of all... I don't know. What's the word? Topical? Relevant? Relevant is probably it. Yeah. yeah. Fantasy, sci-fi kind of stuff. Yeah, and there's some other ones that could be on here. Um, what do you think? What did I miss? Judgment. Yeah. I haven't played Judgment. I've heard a lot of really good things. Judgment and then the other Steamforge game, God Tear, God Tear. Tear? Tear? Tear. I, I think it's Tear. It's a mystery for the ages. We're never going to know. Yeah, there's a lot that could go on here, but these are the ones that were kind of top of my mind. Yep. Anyways, starting out at D level. Do you have any ones in the D tier? I got a D. Oh, you got <laughs> so do I. Uh, well, before we get to D. Okay. Before we get to the D. Before we get to the D. Um, the NA section. Now, yeah. there might be some information in the NA section, which means that it... Oh, you have opinions about here. these games. Well, I don't want to break down all of them, but I want to just discuss maybe why they haven't been played by us sure yeah okay and to me they kind of falls into a couple categories the first one is <laughs> the models don't interest me whatsoever Battleship. <laughs> <laughs> oh no it just lost like half of our viewership yeah. no i agree i don't like Battletech models either although they're new ones the new ones look way better way better yeah way better yeah yeah so so maybe i can be coerced <laughs> into into trying that um Another thing is if you don't have a big gaming group around you that play it or you don't know anybody, maybe that's the biggest thing. I don't know anybody that plays Kings of War. Um, although I just found out my buddy Kyle and and another friend are starting up Kings of War. So you lied. So I did just lie. Right now. Well, I, well he doesn't even have all his but army I, yet. So then maybe if he gets an army and he tells me he's badass, maybe I'll get into it. Okay. They did just get their third edition, uh, like not not just, but like earlier this year, I believe. Anyways, yeah, so that those are kind of my big reasons, uh, or if like the setting or the aesthetic, even if the models are cool, but like the aesthetic just doesn't quite do it for me. Yeah, like Batman, that's very specific. Like mm-hmm. if you're into Batman, you're into that game. Yeah, um, I'm not really into Batman. So, oh, Hordes and War Machine kind of seem like dead games. Although there's a particular game in my A tier. That is definitely a dead game. Oh, I wonder what that one will be. So it's not really an excuse. Uh, I've heard phenomenal things about X-Wing. There's a there's a report that uh, I think is quarterly or semi-annually that uh, shows the number of sales between various sci-fi and fantasy miniature war games. And typically 40K is at the top. Mm-hmm. But for several semi-annual or quarterly reports in a row, X-Wing was actually ahead of 40K. Wow. So there was a period where it was very, very popular, but I haven't played it, but I do know that about it. I heard that from a kind of a game design standpoint, it's a really good game. It's a tight game, which is cool. I have no interest in little pew-pew fighter ships, but (laughs) I can see if I did, I would definitely play this game. Yeah. Uh, Space combat. It sounds like a cool thing, but not my cup of tea necessarily. Here's the interesting thing. 
out of this uh, list of games you haven't played, what's the one you want to play the most? Oh. Or like the, the two most? Oh, good question. Um, I dig the Necromunda models the most. Okay, that's fair. So that one... And it is Mordheim even still like a, a live game? No, <laughs> it isn't. But it has a very cult following. Okay. And so if you if you wanted to play it, I believe you definitely could. Isn't there a game that's basically by third party, Frostgrave? Frostgrave. That is basically their own version of Necromunda rules that are updated. Oh, fuck. Frostgrave's not in here. Yeah. Oh, okay. That needs to be in here. I'll edit it. Okay. That would be in my NA list anyways. Yeah. Um, that would be That would probably be my number one one to try because oh, yeah. nothing but good things yeah honestly i agree uh i don't know how similar it is to mordheim having played neither of them i know that frostgrave is like a d10 or a d20 system and it's kind of chaotic and fun and i know Mordheim's kind of like that too so i don't know um but fuck frostgrave i forgot about that one um yeah i agree with you frostgrave definitely i want to play blood bowl so i can compare it to a certain game mm-hmm. um, that might be in your a tier yeah that might be yeah <laughs> and then uh i agree necromunda models are awesome and i also want to play mordheim because i like old shit i think we we covered our na's pretty well there okay d tier d tier you have any d's i got a d i got a d I got you a d. got a d uh we my d my d Fuck tier i only have one on the d. don't say it john don't say it warhammer no. underworlds no <laughs> okay why warhammer underworld why i said it why because i played the ball sack out of warhammer underworlds when did it came you out. i oh played no. tournaments okay i won a tournament a local tournament warhammer underworlds here's why i don't like it oh no it is so restrictive in your options to play the game you cannot customize at all the dudes in the box are the dudes you play. Their abilities are their abilities. You have no choices in the matter. And okay. it and because the game is on such a, f- a small playing area, it, it feels very restrictive of what my options are at any given time. I feel like I want to be able to do more. I want to be able to set up more strategy. I want to be able to have more flexibility. And... Now, you can get that in different warbands to some degree or another. A lot of the warbands are, can I smash you before you smash me? And the games, why I ended up stopped playing the games, the games felt so samey same. Mm. If I played this and you played that, our games are going to feel the same. Maybe not always this work, certain person's going to win, but then it's just going to be, they're going to play out the same almost every time. And whose dice who got the crits you know so i I love the models models are awesome they are awesome and i want to talk more about uh underworlds when it appears on my tier list spoilers it's on the d list (laughs) although it sounds like you're coming from a place of more authority than i am because i've only played the demo and like it's half of a game it's fun because you can pick it up really quick and you can you can play a fun game um and you can learn the rules very quick where it crumbles for me is the depth of it. Which is weird. Because I thought that that was their deep game that they were going to focus on. Well, you would think so, but they they put too many rails on it for themselves, in my opinion. I'm sure others... I mean, it's it's got a competitive scene to it. Yeah. Um, which is a great thing. Um, but it just... It felt too railroady for me. Okay. Fair. 
the game in my D tier list is 40k Kill Team. Uh, so I've played Shadow War Armageddon, the successor. Oh, wait, no, no. The predecessor. Predecessor to Kill Team. I've played Kill Team. I'm fresh off of reading the rule book and making lists and helping others make their list. This game is inundated with insane edge case rules and just rules galore. It is, it's so, it seems, it's not, it doesn't seem, it is, it's frustrating to play because there's so much, there's so much rule book referencing that needs to go on and so much unnecessary complication that it just makes the game not fun to play huh and i love the idea of it i love that it's like an intro to 40k and that you can like make a kill team and then that turns into a 40k army like i love that kind of like sales funnel idea um but yeah like it's just it's almost like not worth the hassle <laughs> it's it does have um i think they're initial design of the game there was a flaw in that they decided to take something existing which was more or less the 40k rules and then add stuff on top of that yeah in order to make it still feel like 40k but you had to still make the game work differently it's a totally different kind of game wherein in my opinion they would have been better off going the war cry route where you use the the models that you can use in their game, mm-hmm. but from the base level, you set the rules up to um, work smoothly with still flexibility and depth for that game only. And that's where I think you get so much of these extra layers that are just kind of confusing in, in niche rules because they weren't built into the core of the system. So you had to have all these catalysts of, of different things you need to reference. Yeah. So... Okay. Can we just say that I think GW has way too many skirmish games? Yeah. Like we don't need Underworlds and Warcry and Blood Bowl and Necromunda and Kill Team. And I'm sure there's more. Am I missing something? No, that's all of them. It's just too much. Like one fantasy one, one sci-fi one, and then sport one, I feel like. Do we need both? Sport sport one. Um, (laughs) Sport sport one. Sport sport one. (laughs) I feel like there's more too. You said Necromunda too, didn't you? Yeah. Okay. So there's two on each side. Yeah. My biggest issue with their offshoot games is always the fear of ongoing support for them. Yeah. And that's historically been their MO is they support something for two to five years and it just drops it. And so you get this feel bad moment of, do I actually commit do I give it my true heart knowing it's going to be broken? Um, <laughs> it's like an EA game, right? Right. The devs can do two patches, then you got to fuck off to the next game. Right. right. And that's... Now, it feels lately in the last, last couple of years that that's not been as much of the case. They have continued support into Underworlds, and they have continued support into Warcry, Necromunda. They keep coming out with gangs. I don't know if they are actually supporting it from our rules and stuff. I'm guessing they are. Like, I mean, they got to print books printing papers just printing money for them so yeah so that's it yeah i don't know i i would rather it be and then you got to count stuff like blackstone fortress too right yeah i kind of count too i would consider that to be more of a board game i keep coming out with expansions for it that's true yeah so i don't know um i like the one big army game age of sigmar 40k and one smaller unit game that you really can have depth into yeah um, so 
That's just me, though. That's just me. Yeah. And Underworld suck balls, so <laughs> keep making the models. <laughs> just don't put any more resources into that jank-ass game. Oh, I got bad news for you, bud. Dire Chasm's coming out. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Season four Underworlds. I know. All right. That's all my Ds. Do you have any more Ds? We'll head one D. <laughs> One's enough. <laughs> one, yeah, one does the job. All right, on to the seeds. I got uh, five games in here. I have five games in here as well. Wow. What are the odds they're all the same? I very they're well. not all the same because Kill Team's one of mine. Oh, okay. Well, then you ruined it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for your duty. Uh, and one of them is the one that you haven't played before. Okay, fine. All right. All right. So I'll, you go I'll, first. So I'll just say Kill Team is on my C. Um, I think that Kill Team, why it's on a C and not any higher is for the similar reasons you talked about. I feel like there's a lot of stuff that stops me from shooting the stuff and punching the stuff. <laughs> but at its core, it's a game that I really l- like. I like that it's small skirmish street combat. I like that it uses uh, 40K models. I feel some more like a uh, better use of my investment if I want to continue or whatever or just buy a couple of cool models that i like i like the flexibility in the game in the different units you can use in each faction and the different loadouts you can use in each faction and how those affect your points again we're getting to customization some some have you have options some you don't yeah well those are probably not very good factions sisters of battles and name you know is the one i'm thinking of right now what's my kill team and you can't use that many things in that in that kill team yeah, but you can use different weapons. Sure, sure. There's a lot. There's a lot of that. And you can yeah, like yeah. give everybody a holy hand grenade. That's all you need <laughs> of Antioch. <laughs> yeah, that's all you need. So yeah, that's it's it's C tier. Um, I haven't played a ton of it, so uh, you know, a subject to change. But I I liked what I played. So there's sure. a C. Okay. What's your first C? Corvus Belly's Infinity. Mm. I played a demo of this twice, both times at Adepticon, and this feels like what Kill Team wants to be. Mm-hmm. it's uh it's a skirmish game it's sci-fi it's uh you know you have a uh, very drilled down mechanics such as like holding your breath and taking aim and stuff like that and so it, it takes advantage of the fact that there are less models to deal with um it's c tier and not higher because it also felt a little too burdensome to play um but it was better than than my kill team experience, so I put it higher than that. Also, I guess if uh, you know, in the vein of what John was talking about, I'm not super into any of the races. My favorite one is Yu Jing, and I feel like that's kind of got more you written on it than it does me. Um, it's more Yu Jing than me Jing. Yeah, <laughs> that was the line you're supposed to say. Ah, God damn it. <laughs> um, so yeah, that also doesn't help that you know I'm not like super into like sci-fi and like robot dudes and things like that robot dudes um i do not have infinity on my seat here but i'm going to go next with a song of ice and fire nice okay as a c um why it's a c for me is i'm not a big fan of games where it's a block on a movement plate to kind of rank and flank kind mm-hmm. of games yep but this one was pretty fun yeah you know it's super cool i like that the 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 game system seemed really pretty darn good um and i've heard glowing reviews from others that play it here's why i don't like it it's the same reason i don't like lord of the rings yeah as a miniature i game. know you're gonna say it's like 
there is a defined amount of things that they can add to the world or use as factions. And that's it. And they're mostly white dudes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's limited by lore. Yeah. Same, yeah. So, but it's not a bad game, but I couldn't, I couldn't rank it higher than a C to me. Okay. That's fair. And the model quality isn't exactly wonderful. No, yeah, it's not. Um, it's not bad, but it's not great. No, it's kind of like a leveled up version of CMON's uh, PVC board games, I would call it, maybe. Half level. Half level. <laughs> I think it's about the same as your hate minis, isn't that, CMON? No, because the hate is kind of an old one, and they did get better over time. Uh, what was the kind of like the Japanese one? Do you remember that one? Rising Sun? Yeah. Mate, it, yeah, that sounds right. That is a step above yeah. the, the... Oh, the you're saying hate stuff. Oh, sorry. Hate is not an old one. I'm an idiot. Hate is kind of like, yeah, this is like we've arrived. Yeah, if that felt like... That compared to like Blood Rage, there yeah. was definitely a, yes. a jump up. Sorry, yeah, I, was, I, I misheard you. But also, um, I know that the hate models were sculpted by Patrick Mason. Um hand sculpted and i believe the ones for this for song of ice and fire are 3d sculpted so you can you can definitely tell the difference mm. okay what's your next c my next c is warhammer age of Sigmar. jesus christ <laughs> what are you doing to me right now <laughs> um so i've played 20 25 games of age of sigmar mm. Yeah, well, it's because I stomp you every game. That doesn't mean that it's a bad game. <laughs> no, I haven't. I've played you like two times. Yeah, well, I stomped you both those games. You did. He he crushes me every time. You um, you need to play more 1v1. We play a lot of teams. Yeah. And the game, to me, doesn't work very well in, in a team environment. It might hurt you to know that the majority of the games I have played are men 1v1s. Okay. Okay. Earlier on in the game's franchise. Okay. Sure. Okay, yeah. To be honest, I haven't played this game much in the past, like a recent past, but I played it a lot when it first came out and it just seems blah. It just seems a little boring. It seems like where the special sauce comes in is like in how each army interacts with the rule set instead of the rule set itself being interesting. Mm. And so the problem I have with this and with a few other games uh, one of my A tier lists there's a, there's a problem with this that I need to know exactly how your army operates because if I don't if I fuck up once I've lost the game and there's no point in playing Yeah. so a recent example was I played a buddy we played on tabletop simulator and he was playing as corn and I, I, I think bloodbound sorry mm. um, and he, he had this thing called blood tide points which I didn't fucking know about and with these points he was able to I don't know if it was pile in a second time in the combat phase. I don't know if it was like six inches or something like that or three inches with the standard one and fight again. And because of this, he charged my meat shield of dire wolves and then piled into my fucking blood knights right behind them and killed uh, them. Game ended first turn. And I was like, fuck this. I was so mad. Um, so yeah, it, it's a little frustrating when in a game like this where it's like, I need to research your army before I can even compete or I will lose in the first two turns. I think... I mean, you know, I'm not the biggest gamer in the world, but I've played enough. <laughs> I've played enough tabletop games to know that they all have that in some degree or another. Yes, definitely. Here's, here's your shtick. Yes, right. And I think that's actually required for a game to have depth and strategy at a higher level. If yeah. you don't have that, if it's, I mean, you can go full aggro and say 
I don't give a shit what you do. I'm going to breathe down your neck and beat your face in. Yes. But even if you play that way, you need to know what are the things to kill first. If there's the dude that you needed to have a hero in order to use the blood tithe points, I'm going to kill your heroes first Mm -hmm. or whatever thing. Yeah. Most armies have some kind of a combo thing where it's like this big unit of 40 witch elves is nasty, but they're only really a, a blender if they get the cauldron of blood buff and then the witch lady buff and then the hag buff and then they are truly a problem so i think all games have that the problem is is that in games where you can have feel bad moments when stuff happens about a game that's in your a tier i've had this many times like i didn't know that's what that did yep um oh shit moments yeah yep the gotchas yeah and so i it's it's tough for a game to be on the balance of as you're learning it and figuring it out and getting siding with it to not be subject to so many of the gotchas and some of that's on your opponent. Um, but also for it to have enough depth and strategy for you to want to really get good and play at a higher level. Yeah. It's hard to do. Yeah. So but to me, Age of Sigmar, you can move, you can shoot, you can cast spells, you can capture objectives. That's the game in a nutshell to me. Mm-hmm. And honestly, if you get more specific, you don't have to say much more. Yeah. So the rule set itself is simple. And I think that works for certain things. Like people often refer to Age of Sigmar as a beer and pretzels game, right? You're just having fun. I know for you, it's very much not. <laughs> You're uh, making more people mad than they're mad about Underworld. So right seriously, <laughs> so that, that's, people call it that. I don't call it that. I think any of the games on this list of 22 could be that game if you want it to be in your opponent agrees like hey let's just sit down and we're going to play some beer and pretzels beer and pretzels blood bowl or whatever and any game can be that but i think it's kind of like a social contract you make of sure this is what the kind of game we're going to play i'm not going to try too hard we're going to have fun we're going to dink around drink some beers yes absolutely um I think when Age of first came out, obviously it was immediately compared to Warhammer Fantasy Battle. And because it had a, like an easier rule set, people just assumed immediately that, oh, this is, this is a casual game. Sure. And it isn't. Any game can be like crazy and like hyper competitive if you make it that way. Yeah. And when, in kind of whether it's in its defense or not, when it first launched Age of Sigmar, it was that game. There was no points for anything. There was no like, well, just pick an army you think is about the same as your opponent's arm. Like it was, they didn't put anything behind that. And then Age of Sigmar, then 1.0, and then now 2.0, they have gone further and further down the more competitive route, balanced yeah. route. Yeah. Um, so I can, I can see that. I think any good game though, it should be able to be explained in two sentences, but there's a whole rabbit hole underneath it as you dig into it yeah i agree with that it's like our armies are fighting we're fighting over objectives if you score more objectives you win the game three sentences well i didn't try again write it out (laughs) we fight kill stand on circles (laughs) one sentence so yeah it's a c-tier game for me i love gw i'm a gw fanboy i'm not going to deny it their ip has some of my favorite fantasy versions of various types of races that i love and that's the current fantasy game they support so it's gonna be up there no matter what i'm gonna play it no matter how much they hate my wood elves um <laughs> to my vampires uh but you know it's c 
It's a C tier. Fuck you, yeah. John. Until the Vampire Army, Army comes out. Then it's A tier. <laughs> <laughs> All right. My next C. Oh, I got to do face ID in my phone. Okay. Okay, guy. Okay. Fancy phone. My C tier is Arena Rex. Okay. Is that also a C for you? No. What? No. <laughs> okay. Now, I've only played two like starter games of Arena Rex, and I've watched about two more. It's a very cool idea. Yes. It's very fun and like high, bloody, nasty combat with cool, unique rules to it. Um, it just didn't do it for me a whole lot. Like, I... I didn't see uh, it being a whole lot. It was very fun to play a couple times. I just saw, I was like, it was cool. I'd play it again. I don't have any desire to dig deeper into it than that for me. It was just, there wasn't enough to the game to really got me super excited. Um, Yeah. You know, and I like the idea of this kind of mythos of, of Greek mythology meets kind of traditional arena combat. Yeah, that's cool. Kind of a divisive thing, kind of like Batman. If you're into Greco-Roman like history, like you're definitely going to be more interested in this than like something more generic. Mm-hmm. The um, models are are cool. They are very cool. Yeah, I've I've painted uh, one or two. Um, yeah. I have the, I have the, I have a couple of the models that I'm painting yet, but I've got a dude. He's riding on a giant bull, and he's just like a. He's got a mask on with a big spear, and he's on the back of this bull, which oh, is way yeah, too yeah, big. Yeah. I've seen that. Um, so I want to paint him someday, too. Quality of their models are awesome. You only need a few models to yeah. play. It's, it's awesome. not a scrimmage game, yeah. Yeah, but it, was just, it just didn't do enough. To me, the C tier is like, it's solid. Yeah. But it just it doesn't, you know, doesn't do it for me a yeah. lot more than that. C tier, maybe, like, I'm not going to seek this out, but if someone wants to play it, like, yeah, I'll play it with them. Kind mm-hmm. of Maybe that's a metric. Okay. All right. Uh, moving on with the C tier. Uh, I have Malifaux 3rd Edition. Um, I never played Malifaux, so I'm going to... We don't have any copies yet. We don't have any doubles. This is really strange. This is this is going to go poorly. <laughs> no, uh, it's going great, actually. Okay, okay. Malifaux 3rd Edition. Let's uh, hear it. Yeah, so actually, you know what? Just nix the third edition. Just Malifaux. I don't know if I've played 3rd Edition. <laughs> okay. I've played, uh, played two demos in a full game of Malifaux, and I, I respect the hell out of the fact that they don't really copy any IP and they kind of just make up all of these kind of strange races to be involved. Like zombies obviously are like a thing that have existed already. Yeah. But uh, a lot of other things aren't like direct copies. There's no elves, there's no vampires, there's nothing like that. It's like all these unique things. So I like that. I respect that a lot. Also, I think, I don't know, is this the only game on the list that doesn't use dice? I didn't even know it didn't use dice. So here's the interesting thing about Malifaux that I didn't know before playing the demo. There are no dice to roll to determine what happens. What you do is you draw a card out of a deck. Sure. It's a and different kind of random. It's a different kind of random, yeah. Um, so there are, there are like interactions you can do with the deck to like reorder it and see what the next result is and things oh, like that. Yeah. And so... When I played it, it was just like really fresh. It was like, okay, wow, it's so different than what I'm used to with dice and things, even though it might not actually be that different from like a stats point of view. Um, so I really like that. That So I like how just different they're trying to be. And I think they're, they're, they're successful at it. But I feel like that success hasn't translated to like an actual successful franchise. Sure. Um, the models are great. 
There are some great models. Yeah, there are some that I just don't really care for. Yeah, that's the aesthetic. So they have this kind of this dark horror, slightly Cthulhu, kind of modern, but Mm -hmm. not really fantasy. Maybe like 1950s, kind of like cowboy era-ish, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, so... Yeah, it's very cool. And that idea is a really, really cool one. Actually, a game that I am balls deep in right now <laughs> is Gloomhaven, okay, which yeah. is basically a table, a box game, RPG in a box. And it's it's an amazing game. It doesn't use dice either. Your character has a character deck that you that you pull. Like when I attack you, I pull off, and it might be a plus one modifier or it might be a minus two, whatever. But it adds a different level of customization to how you build your character because as you level up in that game and probably as you build your your team you can have certain cards in your deck you can remove this one and add this one and stuff like that so it's another level of customization of your you know your army or your warband or whatever i think that's really cool it's like as opposed to just having a static differentiator of plus one to hit or roll five dice instead of four dice there's not a a plus one to hit plus you immobilize the target or whatever. Like you can add another level to it that way. So yeah, with the cards, that's cool. I didn't know that game had that. And that's, I, I love that there is a, a, a tabletop war game that uses that kind of system. Yeah. Very cool. That's your next C. Oh, geez. My next oh, C. My next C is bubble. 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 Okay is I've only played one game of Blood Bowl and I've watched a couple of games of Blood Bowl with them talking through the rules while they're playing with me to help me learn. Mm-hmm. It's fun. It's fast. It's not super complex. There is some level of strategy to it. But having played that and playing Guild Ball, they're, they're kind of leaning into what they want to do. Guild Ball wants to be very strategic with a ton of things and, and options into it. And this is, it does have strategy and there is um, kind of how you want to approach the game with based on your team and everything. Um, and it's a fun game, but it's not something that I was jumping out to to join. Now, there are some cool new teams that kind of got me a little bit antsy in the pantsy. Like but, what? Um, like the little halflings. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to be the little halfling with the pot on their head, just rolling around. <laughs> Kicking like people the, in the shins? Yeah, dude. I like the Nagaroth, uh, Nagaroth Nightmares, something like that, the Dark Elf team. Yeah, they're, they're pretty sick. cool, too. Yeah. I was just bummed they haven't had a, released a vampire one. They released an undead one, and it yeah, was Yeah, there's skele- no vampires. Skeletons and zombies. Yeah, I didn't get that. No, not even a necromancer or anything like that. I know. It's weird. It's re- bring your, your dead teammates back to life, man. That'd be sick. It's simple. That's, it works on a grid, right? Blood Bowl? Like, you're not measuring. Yes. Yep. Okay. But it's a much bigger grid than Underworlds. <laughs> oh, okay. That's good. That's good. Okay. That's all I got to say about that. What's your next C? Do you have uh, more C tiers? I, I have one more. Okay. Um, I put this in here, and I don't even know if this counts. I put Warcry in here. I've actually never played it, but I witnessed an entire game while you guys were playing it and I was just sitting here and painting. I heard everything. I, I understand how the game works. You heard me screaming. I was setting up strategy three turns in advance. <laughs> ended up not paying off because Vince <laughs> got a big fucking brain and he saw it coming. <laughs> God damn it, Vince. You know, I, I, I might... I probably shouldn't rate this 
because I haven't actually played it myself, but it just didn't seem like it was anything too special and too new. Here's the thing. I feel like GW games are an excuse to buy models, and I think they know that, and I feel like they don't really put a ton of innovation into their rule sets. You like you roll dice to get results to kill people. Like that that's that's what it is. Which I guess you could probably say that about every single game. So that's not necessarily fair. But that, that's just the impression I got from the game. It was like, yeah, this is what they would make. This is like a small version of Age of Sigmar. Also, the fact that they started out with exclusively chaos was like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. I didn't get that at all. Yeah. And then they opened it up to basically every faction yes. can have a game now or a team now, which is which is the way it needs to be. Yeah. That, that, so, so, yeah. yeah. I can't knock them for that, but yeah. My hot take on this is um, the expectation that leads to profit that bar is so much lower for them compared to every other manufacturer on this list. Yeah. Yeah. You're definitely right. If Corvus belly doesn't have an amazing game system with innovative things that really excite you, they're not going to sell their product. Yeah. And it's not to say that there wasn't a point in time where GW had to do that as well to boost their, their, you know, the audience and the number of people playing and all that. Like there was, there was, that it just feels like they have not only kind of plateaued, but it's kind of a slowly going downhill. I think that they have put more emphasis in it because of these other games that are kind of coming up on their heels lately. Things okay. like Star Wars Legion, I think, is a big one. Yeah. Um, and it's not that they're not doing anything. I just don't think that they have to f- innovate, and so they don't. Yeah, that's a possibility. Um I know you probably have Warcry higher on your list, so I don't want you to say too much about it yeah. until we get to that. But that was just my hot. So again, I was just observing. I wasn't playing the game, and that's what I observed. So take it with a grain of salt. That's me, though, okay. for, for that one. I got one more, and that would be Star Wars Legion. Um, when that came out, I played some test games at our local game store. They got the starter box in. Um, it's good. It feels very similar to Warhammer 40K in the base level of of the rules and kind of how it works. Um, similar to Song of Ice and Fire, it's restricted by the IP about yes. what you can do, about units in the game, about everything is either Rebel or Alliance or whatever it's called. Is that what the two factions are? Yeah. Uh, sorry, you have the Rebels and the Empire. 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 <laughs> Alliance. Yikes, bro. Yikes. <laughs> what is a Star War? <laughs> <laughs> so the thing about... That being limited lore is you have the expanded universe. True. I don't know if Legion and like FFG like want to use that as inspiration, but I feel like that's like an infinite well of content. They've got a lot higher ceiling than like Lord of the Rings or Lord of the Rings or you know Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. Oh, is it called like Guild of Thrones? Yeah, this is bad. Guild of Thrones. <laughs> Guild of Thrones and the Imperial Empire Assault <laughs> Alliance. Um, yeah, it, I didn't. Models are solid. They just don't like. I like Star Wars. But I like four, five, and six. I don't like any other Star Wars. You don't like Rogue One. Uh, I've watched all the movies. I haven't watched Mandalorian yet, which I should. Um, but uh, episodes one, two, and three are obviously hot garbo. <laughs> um, Parts of them are okay. Um, it's fine. Parts of them are okay. Like you know, ten percent of a movie can be good. Yeah, I mean, I've watched and I watched a couple of them multiple times. They just, you know, I don't know. 
I just I'm not a I'm a Star Wars fan, but I'm not a massive Star Wars fan. So I get it. Yeah, I'm, I'm the same. I'd rather be playing some sweet ass space barbarians with dreadlocks and giant axes, riding <laughs> on sleighs, killing shit, than a fucking dude in white armor, and just like all the other dudes in white armor. <laughs> compared like the coolest guy in 40k to the lamest fucking soldier well that's what Star i Wars. do you could have like you know talked about darth vader mm-hmm. darth vader is like a slightly bigger helmet than the other bro stormtroopers that are in black seen armor the ending of rogue one yeah how can you watch that and tell me that darth vader is anything close to being a stormtrooper i mean he looks like them is what i'm saying okay sure Okay. In terms of a model, look at the table. I don't look at I don't look at Darth Vader four feet away at the table and have the same reaction as I do, you know, Gaz Thraka. Okay. You know, it's like holy shit! Look at that orc. It's like, oh, it's another black dude with the red saber. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fair enough. Fair enough. That's just it. I'm I'm about aesthetics. It's it's cool. If now if I could play a pure Ewok army, <laughs> <laughs> just like the halflings, and I could play them in the same game, it's like I'm proxying the halflings Ewoks. Not even buying the Legion <laughs> no. models. <laughs> no, no, no. The other way around. I'd buy the Legion Ewoks and use them in Blood Bowl oh, as halflings. Okay, okay. That would be an amazing team. Yeah. Okay. Are you listening, FFG? Let's see that Ewok army. You got a Come customer, on. at least one. Just one. That's all you need is one. All right, your final C tier. 40K. Ah. I don't know. I mean, like, okay. Caveat. We love caveats here. I played 40K when I was a 12-year-old. <laughs> and I <laughs> I played another one, like, when I was, like, a 22-year-old. I'm 28 now. Um. I played another one, another game of 40K. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I don't know. It just, it's a big, scary system. And I don't, I like prefer fantasy to sci-fi. So I've always kind of like not been super into 40K for that reason. And the 40K rule set at the time when I was playing, it was basically, it wasn't basically, it was a version of Warhammer Fantasy Battle on circle bases where everything was a skirmishing unit and there were no rank and flank. A lot, of, a lot of emphasis on shooting, not so much on combat. Combat was like for specialty purposes. Like if you need like a scalpel unit to go and extract something or kill something fast. Mostly shooting, mostly vehicles. Um, and I don't know. It just wasn't, I wasn't super into it. It's kind of like meh. Mm. Yeah, it to me, the the biggest thing with 40K is how much the game has changed over the years with their rules advances yeah. and i have not played is it ninth are they in ninth now i believe so okay i have not played ninth yet but what i've looked into it and the battle reports i've watched it excites me more i played solely in eighth so yeah mine's not on c tier but i'll tell you why shortly <sighs> or maybe we can go up to b tier now and i can start with 40k yeah, that was my last C one. C, and I'm all out of C. So you're all out of C. One thing about 40k and Age of Sigmar that I was watching Magic Carp Used Fly's video about 40k, and he likened uh, making a list for an army to drafting a comp in a MOBA, mm. and that fucking blew my mind. I was like, holy fuck, you're so right. I really don't think enough about the list building stage. It's an excuse 
to get into the game. And so I treat it like that. But I feel like if I treated it more like MOBA drafting, like for 40K and AOS, I think I would enjoy it more. Enjoy the game more too. Anyways. Yeah. Oh, that's a really good point. In a lot of the people with both Age of Sigmar and 40K, that list building step is one of the funnest steps. Yeah. Like you're with your buddies, you're fucking yeah, you're like, Warhammer crafting. Yeah. And, and it's not just what my army can do well. It's what's popular in the meta right now. Yeah. What's really strong. How do I match up against that? What are the things that I need to do that will deal with that? If I've got a great matchup with these armies over here, um, what can I still keep as my core to continue that dominance on the table? And then I've got these X number of points that I'm focused. Like it's, that's a really fun part of it. That's, I spend a lot of time, especially now focusing on what kind of list do I want to build? That's the most well-rounded or all comers list. That's the kind of thing I like to do is all comers list. I can just use this, but Mm -hmm. when you go into a tournament, your list building approach is probably different. So, that's a really cool part of it. And the the game, because the game is so robust in the amount of armies and most of them having a good amount of units, you have that list building side of it. That's, mm-hmm. that's cool. Yeah. Especially in 40K, even more so than Age of Sigmar because of the further breakdown in list building regarding weapon selection. Yeah. Age of Sigmar doesn't have a points associated with weapons. Yeah. 40K does. Yeah. So I have 40K in my B tier. B tier. B tier because, look, the sheer size of it. And when I say size, I mean number of factions, number of models, number of options. I love options. And this game's got options. If there's a certain kind of a, an army or aesthetic that's sci-fi related, you probably can find an army in this game that you'd like to play. Yeah. Um, and so I really like that. Um, like I said, I played a fair number. I was in a... a slow grow league in eighth edition where we went you each month you had to play two games and you had to have x number of points painted at the end of the month so it was like over four months or six months i think to you'd have a full 2k army painted and played um and it was fun i learned a lot about my army and what it did well and then i ended up just building and painting more tanks because they did well (laughs) It's not the funner, you know, cooler looking list, but I have a bunch of tanks to shoot you off the board. And I got flamers and you try to charge me and you just get flamed alive. to death. Yeah. yeah. Um, but the new rules in ninth, it looks, it's even more exciting for me. And so I don't, I still have um, my uh, death guard army, just the stuff I painted. I sold off everything that was still in boxes that I didn't have built and painted yet, which I'm glad that I did that because I didn't see myself playing again. And if I do, maybe I'll play a different army, but I think it's cool. It's a big, it's a big game. It's not an A tier game. And what drops it from that for me is just one. I don't have enough experience to in it to, for me to confidently say that. And two, um, I still don't feel like they have got a handle on the balance ballet, right? Where there's a little bit, it's a little bit more of a Rocky ship ride than, my A tier game. <laughs> we don't have an S tier, by the way. No, I removed that shit. It was in there by default, and I was like, S tier. I was like, who the fuck? Who the fuck does S tier? Like, because I went to grade school, and in grade school, I had like S and O and like that shit. And then when I like went into high school, and then it was just A B C D F. I don't know. I just skipped E. 
Well, I always give E. I don't know, because it's a vowel, but A is a vowel. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I don't know. Uh, I you said know. something about 40K. Oh, oh, did you sell Morty? Yeah, I sold him. Morty. I, I, uh, I had Mordecai. No, that's not <laughs> Um, But yeah, I had him still new in the box. And I actually was going to like, oh, this is around the time where I was like, I'm going to paint him up for competition. Mm. And then a young lad by the name of Richard Gray started showing preview pics of his Morty wings. I was like, fuck this. <laughs> I'm not doing that anymore. <laughs> not doing that anymore. Oh, that's fantastic. Okay. What's your first B tier? First B tier is Warhammer Underworlds, which you didn't like. Okay, I like this. I got some buddies coming over this weekend, and we all picked out a little squad, and we all bought one. I picked, you know what? I bought the box set, Beast Grave. Uh, Beast Grave. And you might know that I'm not a fan of the whatever the fuck is in there. Satyrs. They're satyrs. Uh, for a couple reasons. And I looked at the models themselves, and I was like, fuck. These look pretty nice. Uh, so the, I think the paint job makes them look more like uh, cavemen and women than the sculpt does itself. Okay. So I was pretty happy with that. Um, I don't get why, like, if this is a wood elf replacement, why are they becoming more like beastmen when beastmen's like their main enemy? Okay. That is off topic. Ranting. Do you feel me on that? Yeah. Sometimes... You make sweet love to the things you hate the most. Okay, fine. <laughs> That's what they did. We don't need to do that. Talk about that anymore. <laughs> um, okay, I like how this game combines elements of board games and card games that I like in a one thing. Mm-hmm. And I've only played two demos of it, so I'm not as deep as you are. But uh, for my friends who've never played a miniature war game ever, uh, like there's a lot of elements in here that they are familiar with in board games that I think they're going to really get excited about uh like deck building um and that's it just deck building no uh but yeah so that's what i liked about it it was like a board gamified tabletop war game make sure you pull up the band list of cards as you guys are building your stuff because there are cards you just can't use i mean you could use them for fun but they're so broken in the game oh, are they? they're yeah it's just like magic the gathering band list okay because the cards are too strong is there are a number of cards that are just like you can do what now that's not cool. Yeah. So here's what I was going to do. Now we're a little off topic, but you can advise me. Be my underworld Sherpa. My plan was just to use the default, whatever the default is. Is that yeah. stupid? So I have I have one Mogwith's Blade Coven. My, my my friend's playing that. I'm playing Skaith's Wild Hunt, Skaith's like Hunter or something like that. And then other buddies playing Molog's Mob, the troll, troll mushroom, sentient mushroom things. Sweet. Yeah. Just use the standard deck that it comes in there. If you all do that, that's your best chance to just have fun and whatever. Now, it could be that one of their standard decks has a card that is brutal, extremely brutal. Mm. Um, but you could maybe like, oh, if you play a game and you felt that that happened, then pull up the list and say, is that a card that is currently banned or something where is that kept um list it would be this uh all their like rules updates on games workshop site for all the different games okay you just go down to (laughs) underworlds and check the latest stuff okay i love how they ban their own cards yeah as if like they couldn't just like balance them see so oftentimes it's it's with other factors involved of they didn't test it with also bringing in this card the and new, this card also the from new shit other as well. stuff. Yeah. The the more cards are in the pool for you have to access, the more variables are in there. They should yep. still catch 
most of it, but there's always going to be a few that slip through the cracks. Gotcha. I think it's a great it's a great game for that kind of situation. Okay. Nobody's too involved. Yeah. You don't have to learn a bunch of really complex rules. We know how moving thingies on a board works. Exactly. It'll be fun. Yeah. And you're going to paint them all. I want to. There's only three models, right? There's the Centaur and the two Satyrs. Or is there more? I don't know. I don't have that box. Okay. Um, okay. That was your B tier. Yep. What's the next one on my B tier? Uh, you tell me. I had Infinity. List. I had Infinity on my B tier. And okay. I've, I've only played two games of Infinity. Um, and their game system is so cool. It does a bunch of dynamic things in a way that's not super complex and super hard to, to learn, but it feels like there's a bunch of options in any given scenario. Mm-hmm. I like the situation of the, you know, the kind of a sci-fi cyberpunk style of aesthetic to it. Mm, yeah, that's good. Cyberpunk. That's yeah. describe it. Um, and the game is very, is very tight in its rule system. There's a lot of, it feels like any change you make in the makeup of your team has a big impact in how they not only work together, but um, how they choose to approach a match. It feels more impactful in that decision-making than any other skirmish game that I played. That feels really cool. Um, what keeps it at a B for me and not higher is I feel like a lot of the factions look the same to me. Yeah. Yeah. There's not enough diversity in the army options. Um, and that's really the biggest thing. And it's, and it's around here. Um, I don't really know anybody that plays it. Yeah. If somebody did, and I've looked at purchasing um, a war band or whatever they call them, a squad for them just to paint up and have. So then I would be able to play. So that's the, that's the only thing that's keeping it at B, but solid B for me. Okay, cool. Your next B. My next B. Um, I put in Middle Earth Strategy Battle Game. So my whole youth career of miniature wargaming was playing the Lord of the Rings Strategy Battle Game, which I don't actually know if it's any different than the Middle Earth one. I meant to put in the Lord of the Rings one, but... So basically, it's in Lord of the Rings uh, Mythos, and um, it's a single unit activation game. Mm-hmm. Um and I'm a fan of games like that as opposed to moving whole squads and stuff like that because it feels more interactive and more... Uh, I go, you go system? Um, you know, I can't remember if it's if it's back and forth. I believe it is. Why, what would the point be in single activation if you were just activating one dude at a time? That'd be stupid. Maybe it's back and forth. But it's single. It feels more drilled down. I love Lord of the Rings uh, lore. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember uh, I, w- I was doing that painting marathon and i watched the entire trilogy and i was reminded of how much i love this universe and i also i I get the whole thing of tolkien's not around to write any more shit for us to make models out of so how do we do this and so they just keep remaking models so like (laughs) you know like aomar might get a new model and stuff like that um but yeah i just remember really enjoying playing lord of the rings as a young child young child yeah, I don't have much to say about that. Maybe this is a little bit of the rose-tinted glasses coming on right now. Yeah. No, and that, it can be higher on your list for a, any number of reasons. Yeah, nostalgia. It's not just strictly like this game for all of us is a better game to play that's than true. this game. Well, that's what you said in the beginning. Yes, I did. Oh, 
I did. Okay. Because my list is right. I don't even know why you're even reading your list. <laughs> <laughs> Only one list needs to happen. Uh, my next B tier would be Guild Ball. Fair. I, I like it there. I think it's a, it's a, it's such a good game. And it makes my brain hurt while playing it in both the best and worst ways. Yes. There's so many variables in that game that you have to stay on top of. Like, as I was watching Queen's Gambit. Have you watched Queen's Gambit yet? I've seen the first episode. Okay. As I was watching Queen's Gambit, I would just sit and giggle to myself because I'd picture her playing Guild Ball instead of having a chess <laughs> board because it's it like it totally is like that. I mean, it's not totally like chess, but that you have to have thought through five plus steps in advance yeah. and be able to predict not only that, but because it's an alternating activation, what are their five steps going to look like? So where you are on step five puts you right next to where they moved at step two. Like it's, there's so much complexity in, uh. in thinking through. It's not just knowing what their army can do or what their squad can do, but actively predicting far enough in advance to capitalize on it. Yeah. I'm so wrecked right now. <laughs> <laughs> and the fact that I had not played enough games of it, I got to a point where I could recognize what I was supposed to be looking for, but yeah. not experienced enough to actually be able to do it yeah. consistently. Yeah. And that was a frustrating endeavor for me. Yeah. But it's the kind of thing. Oh, man. Yeah. It's the kind of thing that a good game, if you can get through that and understand that that's a, a cool part of the game that is um, rewarding all the more when you can start to see that play out on the table later on in your experience. But what's keeping it from an A tier for me? <laughs> well, it's a, a dead of, game. A number of reasons, yeah. <laughs> it's a dead game because apparently um, we're all too competitive. Everyone that played it was too competitive, so they had to shut the game down, yeah. and we didn't allow new people to play. Yep. We too smashed hard. their models as they purchased them, yes. so they couldn't play the game. Burned our credit cards. Burned their credit cards. Um, if you don't know what we're talking about, this was the the PR statement released by the makers of the game. They said this exactly. <laughs> yes. word word. Yeah, we're reading it. That's what they said. Um, and so... I like the diversity and the guilt. I like the I like the lore of this game really the so lore? much. I love it's, it's totally gangs of New York style. Like yeah. they're these they're the different guilds of the city. It's like yeah. we're the fishermen, and it's kind of over the top. We all like look like fishermen <laughs> in a certain aesthetic, but it's super cool. Um, like, and I know that there's a deep lore to it of stories and stuff yeah, yeah. that I haven't gotten into but just the way the lore affects the aesthetic the art style I really like the art style the models are above average yeah um, they're not amazing there's not it's not one guild that I'm like holy fuck I need that right like morticians is the closest thing because they're like they're evil dudes yeah but and that would have been 100% mine but you started playing before me and you had them already so I wasn't <laughs> gonna pick them <laughs> um, but yeah I uh I like them. I like I like that. The thing is that they're limited by is they're trying to keep it a little bit more realistic. So you can't have dudes with like dual wielding axes that are like in real life. They'd be like 80 pounds each. And it's just like a dude holding like they try to keep it somewhat minimalized. Yeah, absolutely. Um, which is it's nothing wrong with that, too. But it doesn't have this. Oh, crap. At a, at a five foot view. So, yeah, that's why it's a beat to me. 
All right. What's your next B? My next B is Arena Rex. Um, Arena Rex is... Actually, there's a little bit of a controversy around Arena Rex and Guild Ball. There have been claims that Guild Ball has stolen a lot of the rule set from Arena Rex to make Guild Ball. So for the same reasons that I like Guild Ball, I also like Arena Rex because it has a similar mechanic to how you roll successes and use them to generate results and things like that. So I, I remember being on an airplane and reading the Arena Rex rule set. I don't know why where I am matters at all, but <laughs> I, I read it one time. Me being on the airplane yeah. thoroughly affected yeah. my... That's the end of my sentence. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> I was like, uh, no. Uh, I remember just reading it and being like, this is like a totally different way to play a miniature war game that's just different and unique to me and that was one of the many reasons that guild ball excited me um was because it just was like a a fresh new rule set and uh i had a plan to play it with a buddy but we never ended up playing it but that's why i read the rule set and was just like this is awesome and i demoed it at uh, adepticon and had similar similar fun they also have that sick uh like gladiator coliseum that you get to play the demos in it a lot of fun. Yeah. So at our local store, when Arena Rex came out, they had the demo set there. And my buddy, um, Dustin, he's, this was earlier in the days of 3D printing, like not like now everyone had it, but he 3D printed and painted for them the full arena. Really? So we had that in our store. Wow. And they still have it there, I'm sure. Um, but yeah, it's so much cooler when you have that. <laughs> I love that. Okay, cool. All right, so my last B would be... (laughs) (laughs) See what I did there? Warcry. Warcry. Okay, now, admittedly, I've only played one game of Warcry, but... It was a game I watched. It was a game you watched. (laughs) But it was enough to entice me to buy the whole starter box set. Yeah, you just went in. I saw that. I'm going to buy this. The game is so fun. If you know Age of Sigmar, you'll you know you'll have a, an end to it. But unlike Kill Team, it doesn't use the War, uh, Age of Sigmar rules as a base. It just uses the models, and you can use a variety of different models uh, for your faction in the game. And you have so many points; they each cost so many points. Blah blah. blah. Um, why I like it? It's fast. It's alternating activations. Nice. It's it's um, cool use of dice in strategy without being too complex. I wish it was. It's not. It's not the perfect Age of Sigmar skirmish game to me. It's not, but it's a lot closer than any other ones I've played um, in terms of fantasy skirmish games as well, not just GW games. Um, there's strategy involved in any game that I think that has the alternating activation, there's an innate higher amount of strategy because you don't just get to see all what they do before you do all the, what you do. Yeah. Like you have to understand why are they going over there? But if you go over there, then I go over here to fight them, but then they've got another guy next to it. Then I'm just going to get my guy killed. Like you have an extra layer of complexity. The uniqueness of the different war bands comes from their special powers based on at the start of the round, you roll a bunch of dice and doubles and triples. You can spend those in the match for a variety of uses. So understanding what doubles and triples they have, what abilities that they have, it's enough of a variety to, um, have uniqueness but it's not so much that i can't look over at what your dice are and get a good idea of what i think you might be trying Mm. 
So it's a nice little balance there. It's quick to learn. It's quick to play. Um, yeah, that's it. It's cool. a solid B for me. All right. Uh, solid B for me is Song of Ice and Fire. Um, I'm a fan of ranking flank games, as John described it earlier. So I like this one. I also like how they try to be inspired by the story itself and you have the combat element but also you have the political element that is cool that yeah is very cool yeah and the political element influences the larger game going on and i was right. like wow that's kind of a cool thing i didn't even think about so that was cool also maybe i just like it because i won the game that i played i think i was playing against jake or something and i was playing as night's watch and i like some right. super fucking op like unit and he's like it does what i'm yeah. just like fucking full steam ahead kill everything yeah it was awesome yeah and then like the it was funny because the Simon guy was there. And he's like, "Yeah, that was a pretty good move." <laughs> <laughs> I think I had Jon Snow like and his wolf or something like that. Yes, you did. They were just tearing it up. It was yeah. great. But that yeah, like facing matters, and it's all it's everything about ranking flag is in that game. It's great. Yeah, and like the the leader or named dude that's in with the other dudes that's in your your stack. Oh, like yeah. having Jon Snow in there gave a different thing. Oh yeah, to the other dudes and made them more powerful in the charge or whatever. Like it was really that. cool. I had forgotten about the political side, though. But yeah. that's another level of uh, strategy in the game that you're not just like, if I play the Targaryens, I have to be Jamie Lannister. You don't have right. to be. Right. You know, you could, there's a bunch of different choices and they all based on how you want to build your army and, and how you want to, you know, approach the game. Yes. You can choose that too. So that's, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Now the A tier. That's your last. That's, that's your last one. B. We have the same amount of Bs. Same you got two A's, so I'm gonna let you get your first A out of the way. Right I don't now. know which one to do first. I know what they're both gonna be, and one of them will make my eyes roll so hard. So just rip off the bandaid. Okay, A tier Warhammer Fantasy Battle. <laughs> you almost died. Your heart stopped. Okay. Obviously, rose tinted glasses fully on right now, um, but let's, let's let's be objective here. Every single time I played fantasy battle, it was an epic fucking tale. Okay, it was like a five hour investment. All right, I had these huge units on a table, all in blocks, doing battle in the middle of the board in this glorious battle line. You have these crazy spells going off, ripping apart entire units. You have units fleeing and trampled underfoot. Everything about it screamed fucking epic. Yeah. And my experiences mirrored that. And I was a youngster while playing. I played with mostly older people. Because I think young people didn't really play fantasy because I was cool. I was a cool <laughs> kid. I was a cool kid. Not going to lie, I was more attracted to it because it was fantasy but also because it was more complex and i was like i want to be cool and different mm. so i played that instead of 40k when i was young um i lost 90 percent of my games they didn't care about curb stopping kids no they fucking didn't <laughs> but i still wanted to play that's a good sign so there must have been something about it that kept bringing me back i had multiple armies i did middenheim i did vampire counts i did wood elves i did high elves um and yeah it was an epic tale and part of also the enjoyment was the list building so in in fantasy you had several types of items arcane items weapons armors talisman banners every army had those five categories 
And every hero could do 50 points of items and every lord could do 100 points of items. Mm. And it was super fun to have all of these characters running around with different kits and wood elves had these things called kindreds. You could be different kindreds. And so I had had an altar kindred highborn with the Bow of Lorne and Arcane Bodkins. And what that meant was this guy could move nine inches or march 18 inches a turn Use all of his attacks with his bow. Normally, you can only use one attack with your bow. All of his attacks go to bow, and they ignore armor saves. So he's a fucking machine gun. Okay, he's running around ripping shit up. Wow, it's amazing. Um, still strength three, strength, uh, strength three bow. So he still was wounding on shitty values. But anyways, doesn't matter. So that list building was a lot of fun. You know, you could you could get uh, your full com- you pay for your full command, your musician, your banner, your your uh, your unit champion. You can pay for upgrades, so like you know, swords and spears and stuff like that. That was a lot of fun, and uh, yeah, it was just like every time it was so epic. You know that five-hour game could have been played in three hours if it had a game system that wasn't a hot mess. Yeah, but I didn't want it to because <laughs> I was at the mall. So here's how, here's how it worked. Me and my buddy, Zach Hudson. Shout out to you, Zach, if you're watching this video. I haven't talked to you in fucking, fucking 10 years or more. Um, his mom or my mom would drop us off at Gurney Mills, the mall. And then the other mom would pick us up. And we'd stay there. This is a system. Yeah. We stayed there from 9 a.m. until 9 p.m. Wow. We went to the food court. We got some Chinese food. Went to Hot Topic. Went to Hot Topic. (laughs) Check out the uh, albums and t-shirts. And we played at least one game of fantasy and then just shot the shit in the the store. Painted. Talked about it. And it was was so much fucking fun. Um, I really missed that. That was like definitely a simpler time. Um, a lot of fun though, but yeah. So I didn't care if the game took twelve hours. I was there for twelve hours mm. every fucking Saturday, dude. Yeah, and I think in this situation, it being a dead game kind of works in your favor <laughs> because you can't like like adjust those memories. You're right, I can't often. play it and hate it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. And so it can certainly hold that point in your in your list. With the giant asterisk of because you can't play it anymore. I mean, you certainly can. You can play any game. Yeah, you know, whatever. So, but yeah, needless to say, I am very excited for whatever the fuck they're doing with the what do they call it? Old world. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. I mean, you say that now just because there's no information on what that means. So your your attitude towards this can only go down. Because it's already like you're picturing 12-year-old Scott eating Sabaro pizza. <laughs> oh, man, that pizza sucks, dude. Uh, you know, and playing his, his game at uh, the Games Workshop store. Mm-hmm. So it can only go down from here. Yeah, that's right. But no, I'm not Or maybe not. Maybe it'll be, maybe it will be an updated, awesomer version of that game. That's what I want. I want the, I want the Sisters of Battle makeover for fantasy mm. not changing too much but freshening it up updating it yeah i'm excited okay all right i i thoroughly think that they're not going to make a game that would be a just direct competitor for the other fantasy game so but isn't that what um fucking 40k and 30k are it's the same game but just with different factions okay yeah, that's a good point same game not really the same game but close pretty dang close yeah hmm I don't know. I think I think maybe it'll be just different enough. Maybe if they go back to the, the rank and file on the big 
plate and you have them all out there, that will feel like a different enough game. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. It doesn't matter what we say. (laughs) (laughs) They're going to do whatever they want to do. My only A tier is Warhammer Age of Sigmar. (laughs) Why is it my only A tier? Because it's the game you play the most. It's the game I play the most. (laughs) It's the game I think about playing when I want to think about playing a war game. Sure. It's the game that I spend the most time hobbying around. It's the game that is got a buttload of cool factions in a fantasy setting. Yeah. And at the end of the day, if the game is pretty good and it has all those other check boxes, it's an A for It's me. winning, yeah. It's winning. Yeah, you know? I get that. And that's it. Is it a perfect game? No. But I've been playing it just long enough to know how far it's come in only a matter of a couple of years. So it is going in the right direction. It is a better rule set and a more balanced game than 40K. And shots fired. Yeah. And they continue to bring out awesome new factions, awesome new models. Um, the way that they're approaching their new book system, like their first book, Marathi, I think is really smart. What is that? How's that work? So they're going to release a book roughly every quarter, and it has um, it has some story stuff, but then it also... <laughs> <laughs> you fucking hate lore right but then it um it's got one or two armies that are the main focus and then two to three armies that are a minor focus and there's new rules for all of those armies in one book and so it can introduce new models although you don't need a book to introduce new models new rules it updates the rules it helps balance the rules it brings out new battalion options it brings out new sub faction options it brings out you know new artifacts and all that kind of stuff new command abilities and whatever so it's it's encompassing tweaks it encompassing some fixes it's encompassing these this unit cannot be just fixed with points they rewrite the war scroll. It doesn't work the same way anymore. And so they're trying to bring stuff up. It's like, we're not seeing that anybody uses this unit when they play this army. Why? Some, oftentimes, it's not just as simple as it's too expensive. Sometimes it's just it's just a bad, you know, what it is. It's just not good um, for what it's meant to do in the army. So it allows them to keep the game balanced and bring people closer together in, in their army and give more robust options within a given army even if your army was good maybe it was like like ocr bone reapers they have one list that's really good and the other ones basically do the same thing that list does but just not as well so how do we give you other options so your army can be played in different ways Mm. so they're going to release one of those books about every three or four months instead of just repeating the new battle tome cycle Okay. And so they will still re-release battle tomes, it sounds like, but just it's not going to be the system they did before. It's like they crank out two battle tomes every two months that are updating the rules and all that kind of stuff. Interesting. Um, there, are they still doing General's Handbook? Yep. Okay. okay. I mean, the yeah, the General's Handbook is an annual thing where they... I mean, that's where they do their widespread point changes in, associated with that, but then they bring the new um, battle plans for the year. Man, that kind of stuff. So but, many moving parts and new battle tones. Yeah, I mean, new battle tones will happen as needed, kind of at this point, because most armies are all up to date with their battle tones. If they're a, a living army that 
still exists. Wanderers. <laughs> and aren't little wood elves. <laughs> okay. Our tomb kings. <laughs> Arbertonia. Arbertonia. Okay. That's my A tier. A tier. Okay. One and only. The last A tier for me is Guild Ball. Guild Ball. I played Guild Ball for the first time and I was like, holy shit. This is a game that stands by itself and is a skirmish game. Whereas before, my previous experience was with Games Workshop. Mm-hmm. These are like, again, I said earlier, they're excuses to buy models. I don't really care for any of the models in Guild Ball. And I see myself as more of a painter before a player. And I still have the whole fucking mortician team painted. Mm-hmm. So that, I, to me, that says something about how much I enjoy the game. And let me explain why. Oh, <laughs> do tell me. Here we go. So yeah, the game... So earlier I described Age of Sigmar as being less mechan- like less rules focused and more about how the interesting factor is and how the armies interact with their rule set. I think in Guild Ball, not only are the interesting factions different and unique in how they operate, and you need to know how your opponents operate as well, which is part of what... Oh, yeah. Which, which is... <laughs> yeah, that's, that's hard. But also, the rule set is interesting and in how that... How you interact with it... I love how you roll successes and then with those successes pick results on your character card. I love that. I love how how you assign influence, which is your currency in the game, indicates to your opponent what your battle plan might be. And then they react to that. And then you play, they play, and it, it, is, it is so chess-like. It's amazing. Mm. Everything in that game implies something about what your strategy is going to be either short term or long term Mm -hmm. and it's information that your opponent can mine to then change his battle plan his or her battle plan and i i fucking love that it's not like it's like the, the 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 creators intended for there to be strategy in every single step and it's obvious with age of sigmar there are all these very interesting interactions uh and like ways you can position your models that aren't evident at face value. And it's mm-hmm. like, oh, I, I wouldn't have considered that to be an element of strategy until someone explained it to me. Fair play. In Guild Ball, it's like, it's obvious to you. You just don't know how to take advantage of it yet. So it's like, you you stare at this mass of like, it's not a ton of rules. It is, I would say it's probably a confusing rule set. Would you call it confusing? Or just big? Yeah, it's... I would call it dense. Dense. Yeah. yeah. It's not that it's a thick book or it's a ton, a ton of rules, but there's so much in there. Yeah. You know, and there's so much to be interpreted or for you to really learn about. It's like, I can read this paragraph and there's a lot of really important stuff in that paragraph, but for me to actually exercise what I learned and implement it. Yes. That's what I mean by dense. There's yes. A lot in there. Yes. I agree. So it's like, holy cow, I can see all these things that have value. I don't know how to take advantage of them yet. And then it's the first game that I know of that has incorporated a draft into the game. So the way the game works is you start with 10 players in a roster, and then you and your opponent go back and forth drafting a six-player team, starting with captains, then mascots, then squaddies. And like that takes an element of the MOBA genre that I love and puts it into a game itself. And then on top of that, you have this amazing rule set that uh, has all this incredible depth to explore. And then on top of that, you need to know what your opponent wants to do so that you can stop them from doing that. Yeah. It's a lot. There's a lot, but I 
fucking love it yeah. so much. The the drafting thing is why that's even more of a really really cool aspect of that game is that unlike basically every other game we're talking about here there's every single squatty choice is a 100% unique plays solely only like themselves character yeah absolutely yeah i don't just have even if i've got three space marines and they can have different guns and you know different hand weapons and whatever they're still same stat line they're just them and it's not just that their stat lines are different for each of these squaddies like how they play the game what they're good at what their role is on your team oh man and why you drafted them because of they they play a very certain role very well yes because the other guy drafted his dude before it and this is my counter this is how i deal with that it's like a moba it is it is if that game would have been set it, like the rules are the exact same but instead of it being soccer what if it was just fantasy battles over the puck of light or something <laughs> like this and if 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 it wasn't soccer and it was that exact same game but just reskinned in a different way that game could have been so freaking massive and it should have been massive yes yes the only reason i played it was cuz you talked it up so much and I saw it, and I looked at the rules, and I looked at the models and all that stuff, and I'm like, that's cool. I could give two shits less about soccer. <laughs> yeah, soccer. Yeah, me too. But the fact that there's two games being played at the same time of that game, yeah. okay, it is playing a game of soccer and or murdering your opponents. Yes. Which game or which combination of the games is your team playing? Because both get you points. Yes. Yeah, and like scoring is definitely viable. Um it might sit like when I was playing at first, I was like, oh, scoring is kind of difficult. Like, I don't know how to like, like have all my units interact in such a way to get the ball and the goal. But like, there are teams that are very fucking good at it. Yeah. And can do it very easily. And other ones that struggle a little bit more. But yeah, it's a, it's a fucking MOBA, dude. The way you describe the characters, like, I'm only ever going to pick the guy with the coffin on his back when there's a team that is like, uh, a four supporting one team in a MOBA where the entire team relies on one player's success sure. and they're all supporting cast. Sure. So like a fisherman shark lineup, I'm going to put that fucker in my coffin and their whole battle plan is ruined. The rest of them are like, hey, what do we do? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, it's actually crazy. When you describe that, I realize how similar it is to, to a MOBA, which is probably I, why I you that. like it so much. Probably. Honestly. Yeah. Anyways, that's 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 my tier list. That's John's tier list. I'd like to point out that both of your A tier games are dead games. <laughs> that's fucking. <laughs> you know, honestly, that's that's it's funny you say that because all the video games I used to play used to all be dead games as well. Uh, I just play games that no one played anymore. Um, so yeah, that's that's funny. What does it say about you <sighs> that I'm a fucking hipster? Too cool for school, my basically. Friend. Okay, I'm gonna hit save and download so that my results. Oh, I should do the same. Are hopefully submitted. Oh, and I get a little image. Here, look at that little image. Oh, it's so cute. No. Okay. It's wrong because it doesn't look like that one. Uh, <laughs> so we will have the link in the description below in the show notes for you to do your own tier list so we can see how everyone in the community stacks up, what their preferences are. Um, yeah, I'm excited to see the results. I'm excited to see Warhammer Fantasy Battles so far down the D. Oh, yeah. It can't take any more D. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be in the D. Guild Ball's going to be in the D. No, it's going to be good. 40K, I'm going to guess yeah. 40K is going to be A tier. But if you haven't at least played, at the very least, a demo 
just put it as NA because we want really your real first hand yeah. experience. If you're like that game is dumb, I've not played it, but it just is dumb. Yeah, don't don't spite stuff. Yeah, I could have done that with uh, fucking hordes and War Machine. I didn't, and we had a pretty sizable scene, even though we have a small town uh, of hordes um, and people that liked it just really like it, and it looked like a cool game, but. I never played it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get out of the newsy news. Out of the news. The Scotty okay. Poos. What do you got for us, Scotty Poos? Okay. I'm looking at the wrong segment. Okay. Um, tabletop time from Jazza. Jazza is a big 5 million subscriber YouTube channel here on YouTube. That's because it's a YouTube channel. <laughs> Obviously, it's going to be on YouTube. Um <laughs> And he recently rediscovered his love for miniature painting. Um, his channel focuses on all kinds of art forms, ink, sculpting, carving with wood, like everything. And one uh, thing he tried recently, which, which was uh, miniature painting. And he's actually collaborated with a few uh, miniature painting YouTubers, uh, myself, uh, ML, uh, and more, and some train people as well. And so because of this outpouring of love, he reignited an old channel that he had called tabletop time which if you go back into the archives of his channel were him playing rpgs with his brother and probably other people as well Mm. and i believe this channel is now going to be that again but also some miniature painting content i don't yeah i don't know if like it's all going to go on this channel or some will go on his main and some will go on this one. I don't know how he's going to play it, um, but it's cool and you should check it out, subscribe and, and, and see what he's going to do on there. Thanks for that. You're welcome. I didn't know that. Oh, okay. My bit of news to talk about is the games workshop recently announced that they will be opening a Warhammer store and cafe in Los Angeles, mm-hmm. California in 2021. Similar to the Texas one. Yes. It sounds like it's another big fancy get your $7 coffee (laughs) and your $40 blood angels in one trip uh, kind of place. Uh, Curious that that is something that's on their freaking radar right now. Now I'm sure the wheels are in motion for that prior to COVID, but as a company that can't get its shit together to get their products out, to put the resources, time, effort, and energy on opening a store when you we can't really do much in stores like it just i don't know and and it's and what it probably is is that this doesn't detract from anything else that the organization is dealing with but i just thought it was kind of odd hmm. um so it's opening during the coronavirus well, it says opening in 2021 okay so it could very well not open its doors until after you know gets this alt gone I don't know. <laughs> if we ever go to to Texas, we should we should teach a class in that area where that cafe is, so we can oh, go yeah. check it out. And we cool. use our Texas accents. Oh yeah, they love diet. Right, we sound just like them. I'll have a T bone with a bacon T bone side. Give me a ribeye. Oh, two ribeyes. That's good. Huh? Medium rare. Ooh, just salt and pepper. Nothing else. Just, we don't want none of that. No, none of that A one sauce. No. I want the beef to sing. <laughs> We don't want these city folk messing with our potatoes. <laughs> All right. Now that we've offended everyone in the South, uh, <laughs> let's, uh, is there anything more you want to say about the cafe? Are you excited that, that for is, Are you going to LA? Dude, we're going to go to LA and go to that one too. Oh yeah. 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 We need to go to Warhammer world too. Yes. I want to, I want to drive away in the rhino that's outside. 
we'll <laughs> we'll do the uh, we'll go when they do the big Golden Demon Classic event, and then mm-hmm. we'll go to Warhammer World. I think it's in the same place. Yeah, yeah, and we'll win. Yes. Slayer swords, both of us. Yeah, two slayer swords. They'll be like, we'll be holding the sword together. Yeah, we'll be like, both of your pieces were so incredible. We had to forge another sword in the back room real quick. (laughs) It's made out of like tin foil and (laughs) fucking aluminum tape. (laughs) And you guys both win all the swords. Yeah, that's definitely gonna happen. Okay, yeah, for sure. Okay, Uh, let's talk about sad news. Let's talk about some sad news. Adepticon 2021 was just canceled. Now, this hurt my heart less than the last one hurt yes, my heart. same. Because of two reasons. Reason the first. The writing was on the wall. Yeah, I knew you were going to say that exact phrase. We kn- <laughs> That's definitely a Johnism. <laughs> yeah. We knew it was coming. And not Adepticon happens the end of March. And guys, it's only like December. Um, fuck, it's already December. Um, Dude, yeah. They they had to get all their stuff in order, in line, money spent, dealing with hotels, dealing with all the stuff that they've got to deal with up front for months and months in advance. And so even if, you know, oh, by end of March, the world's in a totally different place, that still means that they're taking a giant gamble by doing what they need to do now. Yes. The most uh, positive thing out of that message is by doing this, we are ensuring that Adepticon will be back. 2022 oh yeah where's the crystal ball how do do we know that i don't know dude nothing is off i feel i feel like anything can happen anything yeah i mean anything can happen but they need to give us some hope to cling to yeah i fully (laughs) approve of their statement i feel like a year is so far away that i don't really care if it's gonna happen or not gonna happen like i'll care more as it gets closer yeah yeah Reason the second why it sucks less. Yeah. We didn't have it last year, so I don't have my still fresh in my brain memories of how awesome it was. You have old cobwebbed memories. I have cobweb memories of us wandering the halls (laughs) in the nighttime. Inebriated. Yeah. I mean, completely, totally sober. (laughs) And just hanging out with people and having great conversations. And that's that's all it's about. Yeah. So that's the bummer. That's a big bummer. So we might have a little bit of good news, mm. but only for us. <laughs> <laughs> that's VinciCon 2021. VinciCon? What's that, John? VinciCon is where a very select group of people, namely three people, <laughs> get invited to Vinci V's house for an extended weekend with his doggos and painting miniatures. And playing video games. Not and playing uh Age of Sigmar. Yeah. And making Vince DM for us for D D. We have a we have a lot of things we need to do. Uh, that's that's why Vincey Con is an action packed con. Okay. And I didn't tell Vince. Did, did you get a, a schedule? Is there a phone app I can download? Yeah. You can reserve your hotel room. You just have to text Kathy. <laughs> 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 Who is Vince's wife? Kathy, I want your bedroom. You get to sleep in the guest bedroom. <laughs> I want the king. I'm I'm sure. Well, it's probably seems like a good idea until you have four, the 14 golden retrievers sleeping. Oh, on the yeah. Bed oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just a I mean, that kind of sounds like heaven to me, man. Yeah, dude, golden retrievers are the happiest things on the planet. Heck yeah, dude. I'm so excited to spend time with those dogs and Vince and, and Vince. Sam. Yeah, you know. Vince, 
Dogs kind of higher on the list than Vince, yeah. you know. So while we were here for ScootyCon 2020, <laughs> um, we had already started the plans for VinceyCon. Um, but just, just, just general, you know, just thinking things through. This was so fun. We got to do it again. Blah blah blah. Yeah. No real details. But as soon as that Facebook message went out from Adepticon explaining that it was canceled, the bat phone just lit up. <laughs> Like the bat phone, yeah. The bat phone, oh, okay. it's the app that we have on our phones where we can, you know, cross the streams and all talk about important things, okay? Okay, yeah, it's the bat phone, not related to the bat light at all, no, okay, no, not the bat signal, you mean? No, the bat light, oh, he's, he's just got like a mag light flashlight, yeah, 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 okay, and you like kind of sharpie the bat signal, <laughs> <laughs> um, and we immediately needed to talk about positive things since the negative thing just hit us yeah let me talk about VinceyCon so we don't know any more details at this point exactly what VinceyCon will be yeah other than all the things I named on our agenda yeah. I don't know if Vince is gonna get any vendors in there yeah, or, yeah. I think the vendors are gonna be like the Domino's pizza delivery guy <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah that's gonna be like oh yeah it looks like our next vendor is coming through at six o'clock tonight uh, yeah so here's how you can take joy in this I encourage you as safely as you can, in the wake of this shit getting canceled, reach out to some of your closer friends and be like, hey, let's plan a weekend where we all sleep in the same place and we pretend like we're at a convention, playing games, painting minis, whatever. Whatever the fuck you want to do. I mean, like, I don't need to tell you how to have fun. You know how to have fun. Uh, but you guys should do that too. Yeah. And even to me... As, as much fun as it is that weekend, me having something positive to look forward to is a big deal. So you could say like, okay, let's start hashing out ideas. You know, let's start talking about things. Um, we don't need to set a date. We don't know. Maybe if we, we don't want to do it until everybody's vaccinated, we can get all our details planned. And then all we got to do is figure out the date. You yeah. Know? Whatever you're comfortable with doing or make it virtual. I don't know. Whatever you want to do. But having something to look forward to in the hobby it's important to me. I don't know if it's important to everybody, but it makes me happy. Are we driving there? Yes. And we're picking up Sam on the way. Two-day uh, two drive, right? No, one day. One day? Yeah. How long is it? It's like 10 hours. Didn't Vince do two days? <clears throat> he did it in two days, yeah. Okay. But okay. I think I, I Google Maps it. It was 10 hours. Yeah, that's not that bad. That's, that's doable. Not that bad. If we get an early start... We pick up Sam and we get there. Okay. Okay. <laughs> You're just processing right now. Yeah, yeah. I'm figuring it out in my head. Right. All right. We'll drive by Popeyes. We're good. <laughs> we got a piss bucket. Everyone's got to bring their own milk jug. <laughs> <laughs> got three yellow milk jugs. <laughs> All right. Last bit of news. Not ancient history, but my friend shared this awesome Reddit post with me on r slash artifact porn. The title is The Court at Delhi on the Birthday of Grand Mughal oh, Aurangzeb by Johann Melchior Dinglinger. I'm sorry. What was that? I'm not telling you. <laughs> it's 18th century diorama made of 4,909 diamonds, 160 rubies, and other precious stones, and gold, and silvers, and enamels. This diorama is... A work of fucking art. It's amazing. It's massive. It's incredibly precious and valuable. And there's so much going on. 
I would love to see this in a museum somewhere. I know it's somewhere, but I don't know where. I think it's might be in Dresden in Germany. Could be somewhere else now. But it is so cool. Such a cool piece of history, and you should definitely check it out. I'll have it linked in the show notes, obviously. A nice high-res photo for you to to look at. It's really it's cool. It's made in the 1700s. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Oh, holy crap. Crazy. The quality of the figures is insane. Yeah. yeah. How the fuck do they make that? Maybe I mean, I'm sure when you look it up, up, up super close, they're not like, oh, amazing, amazing detail. But, like, there's folds in the robes. You know, there's yeah. all the textures yeah they painted the painted textures on all this fabric and everything is banana hammocks <laughs> that's banana nice. hammocks. Yeah, look at that. there's a, like an albino elephant in yeah there. yeah the back left yeah man i like how too like they've got mirrors on stuff like the dude in the back he's like standing next to like a 12 foot tall mirror because in like 1700s that mirror was probably more precious than the diamonds that encrusted it mm. like it the value of what they look at oh man then there's the dude in the back wow i wonder how much this costs to get to get done like when the whatever the dude's name the grand pumba <laughs> that that commissioned this to be done i want to wonder how much it costs him it's like 35 american dollars <laughs> <laughs> uh, i don't know it's gotta be worth a buttload of money just for the amount of Gold, silver, diamonds. 4,900 diamonds? Yeah, dude. 160 rubies. 1701 to 1707. It took six years to make this. Dude. But if you got a hand car, you had to hand carve everything. Right. Does that win at Adepticon right there, dude? This, dude, the six no, year project? It doesn't even make Final Cut. <laughs> That's how good the painting is today. Yeah. But that would be hilarious to this bring a, in something of this size for Tyrone. <laughs> He's like, get this in the case, bitch. <laughs> this is a different kind of thing, it right? Is. This is not. This is not like a. This is like you know, like bring like a model kit and using model kit techniques at a miniature painting event. Like it, it just it's it serves a different purpose, right? Um, uh, regardless, though, it's fucking awesome. That is a cool piece of ancient history. Is it ancient? I mean, it's a your old definition of ancient. I don't know. It's pretty old though, dude. Okay. Pretty old. Pretty old, dude. And with that, we have once again come to the end of our road for today's episode. We're glad that you came with us on this journey and other things that I say at the end of the podcast. I wish we had a shoe that we could like flop from one hand to the other like Mr. Rogers. Okay. There you go. God damn it. You were ready for this. (laughs) Okay. If you like the podcast... Which I assume you do if you listen to all two hours or whatever the fuck it is of this. And you want to support it. There are many ways you can do that. Free and non-free. You can watch this podcast with ads on. There are add-ons that you can have on Chrome and Firefox that allow you to whitelist certain channels. You can consider whitelisting our channel. Um, That'd be cool. Uh, You can tell your nerd friends about us. You can give us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, etc. Non-free ways, you can buy our merch. We have the old faithful logo on a sweater, a crew neck sweater and a t-shirt. We also have a new sweater. A new shirt. We're not wearing it right now because we don't have it yet. We will soon. It's in the mail to us, but it isn't to our doorstep yet. Yes. Uh, and it features the lovely work of Ryan O'Brien uh, and all of the meat and potato glory that this podcast is. So full of tendies. <laughs> so, 
So you can pick one of those up. We have a hoodie variant and a t-shirt variant of that. That's linked in the show notes below. And then finally, you can support us on Patreon, which gets you access to an extended version of the podcast, wherein we chat about our favorite models that we've seen from other painters. We talk about new things that we've tried and experimented with in the past fortnight. And then finally, we give you feedback about one of your models So obviously as part of that extended podcast, you also can submit miles to us to give feedback for, and also you can suggest topics for us to uh, discuss Mm -hmm. in the podcast. And those are all the ways that you can support us that you can also just like, I don't know. You can like cheerlead. Is that a thing? Um, Are you saying that? Yeah, I'm just saying that you should just go out in the street. Yeah. In the street. Like Mrs. Johnson, watch this. (laughs) (laughs) You just throw your phone at her like a boomerang. <laughs> you can tell your wife about the podcast, even though she doesn't care, but she has to listen because she loves you. Yes. Okay. Yes. Sweetie, now you need to watch this whenever you're getting ready for your bed every night. That's we need a, the view counts to y- go up. Yes. That's what I do for my wife. I like, I know you don't care about Dota, but I just want to tell you what happened because it was really cool. <laughs> Uh, and then, a, and then the tiny player, yeah. what he did is he put, he fucking threw him over the wall, <laughs> farming in the jungle. And she doesn't care at all. No, but I still want to tell someone. <laughs> <laughs> and you're here with me all day, every day, so you get it <laughs> exactly. All right, John. Anything else for the good peeps? Uh, oh, sorry, the goody peepees. Yeah, the goody peepees. You know who you are. You know where you sleep. I know where you know where you sleep. <laughs> Get a little loopy right now. Ah, my my tummy's ready for some love. That chicken from Popeye. I got some bad news for you then. Oh, you got some that's not Popeyes. That's gonna do it for this one. No! We'll catch you on the next episode. And until then, we will catch you on the <laughs> flippity flop. <laughs>